Oh, the left hand flush. It's time. Live. Entertainment capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the TC Martin Show. With the flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he could really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. Oh, the for we got a five-point game. Three minutes to go. TC Martin. Okay. And a good Friday afternoon to you, T.C. Martin, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on any day of the week, as the Beatles once said, eight days a week, right? Good time to be at the Cosmopolitan, especially this weekend, because it's an all-star weekend here in Las Vegas. We have got the NHL all-star weekend happening. We've got the NFL in town with the Pro Bowl, and we've got World Championship Boxing coming your way at the Mandalay Bay tomorrow night. Keith Thurman against Mario Berrios. So a lot of action, a lot of, a lot of stuff happening here in your sports and entertainment capital of the world here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Glad to be at the Cosmopolitan like we are, our Friday home each and every Friday. This one a little bit different because we don't have a football game. For the first time in going, what, 19, 20, 21 weeks, we're not giving best bets. We're not talking football. We're not talking about playoff games. We got the dead week. And I'm not crazy about the dead week. But like we said, we got plenty going on here in Vegas with the NHL All-Star. Well, it's not a game, so I can't call it a game. All right? Competition, tournament, whatever you want to call it. And, of course, the Pro Bowl. And we've got boxing. But next week, we've got the Super Bowl. So we will start previewing that for you as we get ready for the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. T.C. Martin, Double B. Brian Benowitz, our gracious host here at the Cosmopolitan, our hockey and pickleball guru. What is going on, my man? You know, things are good. It's 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 a nice break in the action when it comes to it. Uh, the VGK have a pretty light month uh, uh, compared to uh, a lot of our Canadian friends that have to play, you know, 11 games in 19 ga- days and stuff like that. Uh, but it's a nice break in the action. But what a great thing for the city of Las Vegas to have these two events and to host them and to really so far... Uh, the activity and the excitement and the electricity in the air around them has been fantastic. So uh, very busy in here last night. We expect some great business in here tonight and uh, excited to welcome uh, people from the sports world that maybe haven't been to Las Vegas in a while uh, to thoroughly enjoy uh, you know everything that Las Vegas and of course what the Cosmopolitan has to have, has to offer. And wow, look at this gaggle that's coming up here to the right. TC. <laughs> look, look, we got the crew. That, mean- is, that is that is an all. Canadian hockey crew coming in. This is an all-star cast. Wow, is, look is at what that. It is. Look at that. We, we've got we got yeah. Cat with yeah. a K, Christy with a C. And look at that. Team Canada has arrived wow. in Canadians gear, Oilers gear. All the, and of course, look at the, the Oilers. Oilers. Yeah, look at that. Look at this. Happy birthday, girl. Uh, look at that. And we got one Calgary fan right there. Yeah, that's it. It's yes. all there. See, the only... We're the Connect fans. We're missing a Connect fan. Wow, that, that was an, that was an impressive entry. Yeah, that was that was strong. Yes, I, I lost my entire frame of thought. Yeah, you know, that, seeing that. With I those. don't care what you were talking about because the view just got a heck of a lot better yes. right now from our yes. standpoint. The view, the lovely ladies coming in from Team Canada, and of course, as we always talk about, the TC Martin Show very big very in big. all provinces of Canada. Huge. Huge in Kenora. There it is. That's that covers Ontario. That's it. You're covered in Manitoba. You know that. <laughs> Where's Jerry the dentist? The only guy that's missing be, is Jerry the dentist. He'll be out. I mean, we, we got a guy wearing, wearing an oiler gear. I don't know if that was Connor McDavid or what. 
Yes, well, yeah. that's right. That's that's Derek Derrickson in from uh, from Calgary. Uh, very famous attorney there, ready to go. If he's he's probably, he probably was instrumental in having uh, uh, get Evander Kane on the team, though, so that's probably a, a bad move. But, but you if know, Derek is from Calgary, why is he wearing an Oilers jersey? Well, they're all from Edmonton. Yeah, they're, 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 all, they're, all, that's true. they're all Edmonton Oilers at, at heart, I believe, except for Shirley. Yeah. She's, she's in there with her Calgary fans. And, and, of course, we've got Trevor, the referee, that is with us uh, here. Uh, he will not, uh, as far as I know, will not be officiating any of the skills competition. He could do it, though. Yeah, he did. Look how good Trevor looks. Trevor's lost 40 pounds playing pickleball. Yeah. He looks fantastic. He's, he's supporting his... Vegas Golden Knights red retro red uniform. Yes, yes. And he's also an Edmontonian, so yeah. uh, you know it's good to have him here. And don't forget, he, he is now a a LSU transplant as well too. So we're that, we're, we're teaching him the yes. all, all sports regarding Baton Rouge. The Baton Rouge. You know, he's he's very he's very in. He sends me pictures of the food. Yeah. You know, he he, oh, he oh, now he knows right when here. he goes in. You know, uh, po' boy, fully dressed. He knows yeah. the, he knows the etiquette yeah. in there. Yeah, it's it's all good. You know, but he's done he's done a better job adjusting to LSU than Brian Kelly has. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Because Brian Kelly, he's making a, a complete you know what of himself. Yes, yes. It, with it, some it, of his dance it, moves it, and, the his, process, and the way yeah. he's going. Yeah. I thought it was rather humorous that that guy he danced around and really got poked at went to Alabama. You, you, you like that? Yeah, right? that's, I that's, that good. that's good. Uh, really impressive. Uh, happy birthday to Christy with a C, the queen of Kenora, as I like to say. Longtime listener. And I'll tell you what's really impressive. She's got her Golden Knights gear on, got the pom-poms. But <laughs> she's got the old-school Chuck Connors kicks. Oh, yes, she look at that. School cons. The they cons nice. outstanding. Christy with the C. Well, you know they just came from Top Golf, where they uh, yeah, they this. dominated. I'm yeah. gonna say Cat with the K probably won at Top Golf if I was a betting man. She's got more moves than a belly dancer. I mean, more yeah. moves than you. I mean, look yeah. at this. But Is that, she gonna that, be that, at the barbershop that, later today? That, that's pretty easy to have more moves than me. Yeah, I, 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 I sit here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, yeah, we got no football to talk about. I mean, look, look where the show is already already gone here. There you go. That's All good. Right. All right, uh, I, I got a, sh- a shout out to to my guys here too in the house. Uh, the big Motown review crew is is in town for the Pro Bowl as well. Shout out to my main man Rudy Peters, the king of Motown, is here today as well too. All right, all right, and uh, with a very uh, and his tag team partner. My, my man uh, from Las Vegas here, uh, the new MC with the uh, Motown uh, review show as well, too. Nice. So, Beautiful. There, there it is. All right. So uh, everyone's here. Everyone's here. So the crowd filing in, and uh, you got to love it. we got, we got hockey. we got football. And we're going to talk some college hoops. Marco D'Angelo is going to join us a little bit later on the show, too, because we'll start handicapping some college hoops, big college uh, hoop, uh, Saturday, tomorrow. But Double B, i got to talk to you about last night. I was uh, – you know, we had our good friend Scott Spritzer on the show, one mm-hmm. of our extraordinary handicappers. We both handicapped two games yesterday. Let me guess. You go ahead. Uh, one of them was the UCLA-Arizona game. It was, and that was my <laughs> best bet. Yes. That was, that was my bet, and I, and I did take the Wildcats. I'm sorry, but I had to take the Wildcats. Revenge factor. You were sweating. For Arizona. You were uh, sweating. I wasn't because I, I laid the money line. Oh, yeah, money I, line, I, yes. I, I had to do it. I did not want the sweat factor. You understand that. It got down to three, and, and, yes. and Cody Riley just – just laid an egg. Yeah. He missed a seven-footer. He missed some layups. And then uh, he's got small hands, I think. He can't control yeah. the ball. Arizona's a beast down low. They are? They're a beast down low. They played with the lead. Uh, when when the, when UCLA got a little close, I thought Arizona got away with a couple of nudges on Tiger uh, Campbell yep. when he was going to the rim and missed a couple of layups. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's a three-point game with a couple of minutes to play, and UCLA has the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't 
uh, execute when they need to. Right. And uh, Arizona made free throws when they needed to mm -hmm. because they weren't in the first half. Correct. They were not shooting. They were shooting everywhere but the free throw line. So, uh, yeah, it was a good revenge game. It's hard to win in McHale. Yeah. And it's so close to when they played before. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, was in, I was impressed with the fight UCLA had. Uh, I thought Juzang uh, uh, played uh, pretty well. And, and Haquez with his gimpy ankle yep. uh, looked pretty good out there. So I, I like them in the tournament, and I think this is a growing moment for them. Yeah. And, again, I thought it was a good spot for the Wildcats, just like you said, coming off that embarrassing loss to, to Pauly. We're at Pauly Pavilion just a week, week and a half ago where, yeah. where UCLA just dominated yeah. uh, Arizona. So I thought, okay, good spot here. Uh, national television game last night at uh, McHale Center, and uh, Arizona got off to that hot start, a 15-point lead, I believe, yep. in the first half. Mm -hmm. UCLA did mount a little bit of a comeback, you're right, but in the end, uh, it was uh, it was all Wildcats last night, and, and look, this would not surprise me if this is the Pac-12 championship game that we will see at T-Mobile Arena between these two teams. I hope that they don't get upset, and we've seen that the last couple of years where we've seen some upsets where the, the final of the Pac-12 tournament at T-Mobile has been a little bit anticlimactic. But, uh, yes. you know, we've got UCLA playing well. Obviously, you know, uh, a top-five team. Arizona, a top-ten team. And obviously they'll move up this week. And then the Oregon Ducks, we cannot forget about them. And uh, USC's playing. I know you don't like talking about USC, but they're playing some pretty good basketball as well, too. Who? Uh, the Trojans, that red, that red school, and gold team. That school across yeah. town, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're a football school. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, no, they're a water polo school. That's what they really are. But, they, uh, you know, they've got a nice team, and uh, their coach has done a nice job there. And it's good to see uh, two, two solid teams in L.A. It's good to see what Cronin has done and the team focused there. They've got the three losses on the year, one to an exceptional Gonzaga team. Uh, one was a letdown game when nobody was in the stands at Pauley when they lost to Oregon. And then to lose in McHale when they were right in that game at the end isn't too bad. So I'm really pleased with the way the, where the Bruins are right now. And I'm exactly like you. I'm hoping to see them in the finals against Arizona. Arizona travels ridiculously well. they got great fans. And I think it would be a great thing for T-Mobile and for the city of Las Vegas to see those two teams matched up in the finals. And we saw Arizona play here earlier this year. Uh you know, against Michigan, and mm -hmm. we saw how they dominated the Wolverines uh, in, in that game. And like you said, the size. I mean, just seeing that size up close and personal was phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Arizona has really put it together over the last few weeks. So they're going to be formidable. There's no question uh, about that. So we talked about that game. Scott Spricer's best bet was the big seven-footers team. USF goes into Provo, beats BYU as a two-point underdog. They went going away by 17 last night. Wow. They, they blitzed them in another revenge game because these two teams played just about a week and a half or so ago at USF where USF blew a big lead and BYU won by two. Uh, USF pays them back. So, uh, yeah, so we're already hitting the best bets in the college. you, you got to jump on board with this, my friend. Yes, I got to get on board. You got to get on board because you I know board. I've got a lot of work to do. I've been focusing on a lot of hockey. I thought, I thought this was about hockey today. I thought this was about the, about the first half of hockey. We're, we're going to get in the there. middle of hockey and where the nights look yeah. right now. Yeah, we're going to talk about okay. that. All right, we, it, it is, <laughs> like I said, let's let's first talk about the All Star Weekend here, okay? Because yes. I, I got some some bones to pick, uh, not necessarily with you, but with the NHL or whatever we're doing here, okay? So this is the All Star Weekend, the NHL All Star. We have the skill competition today at 4.30 p.m., then we don't have a game anymore. We haven't had a game since 2016, right? We have a three-on-three -three tournament mm -hmm. that is Saturday. Uh, VGK, let's give some shout-outs to them. Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Jonathan Marsh, so all uh, all-stars. And uh, Peter DeBoer will be uh, behind the bench of the Pacific Division team. So uh, Golden Knights well-represented here at All-Star Weekend. Absolutely, and, and Jonathan Marsh is having a phenomenal year. 
really an, an all-star caliber year. The other guys are kind of on, uh, had hit some injuries and, and maybe from, uh, you know, I don't know, is this Petrangelo's third time being voted to the I uh, believe third, all-star yeah. game? I mean, I think yeah. Mark Stone's first. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's deserved because the team has, has overcome a ton of adver- adversity this year. And let's call the all-star game and the festivities what it is. It's a showcase. It's a showcase for the fans to get close to and the kids to get close to their athletes. It's not to win a game. It's just to have a – somebody who does win a million, the, the team that wins it wins a million dollars, right? So They're playing for and something, And yeah. they're doing some fancy Vegas things, and they're just making it what Vegas does well, and that is accentuate the fan experience. And that's all that they want to do here. And it, really, the last thing you want to do is have a, a Pete Rose situation, right, where you injure somebody in an all-star game. You just, you just, It's supposed to be really about the fun. And really, this year, it was supposed to be all-star and then off to the Olympics. Right. Right, but that didn't happen because of COVID. Uh, they, they restricted them from going to China, and now a lot of the teams, especially the Canadian teams that haven't had the ability to have fans, uh, have to a ton of makeup games. Right. So uh, uh, it made February a little more interesting, although there's not that many games at T-Mobile. Right. Our next game is the 16th and the 18th, and not again, I think, till the 26th. Right. So right. let's go back to this, though, because, you know, if – you go back in time. I mean, of course, the Major League Baseball game, uh, All-Star game, has still stayed true. I mean, they have that American League, National League. We know the NFL and the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about that in a minute. That has become a joke over years. But still, I mean, it was AFC versus NFC. It was a game. And, of course, as we know, the NBA All-Star game used to be something decent, but that's really deteriorated as well, too. Why did the NHL go away from the actual game situation? Because... There used to be some some pretty entertaining games. I remember there was like a 15 to 14 game, you know, one time or whatever. You talk about, you know, seeing the best players all playing against each other. But they, they it, never it, really it, played. It, 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 it was, it was kind see, of a spectacle. You don't see an NHL game in 15 to 14. You just don't. I understand Nobody's that. Nobody's hitting. Even, but They're I'm just saying. skating around, passing. So right. it was really more of a showcase even some, back then. We had some six to four games, some five to three games. We did back in the day. Why did they? I'm just asking why, eh? You are a hockey the, guru. The Why did they, they get away from the it? La- well, they don't need it. Okay. They don't need it. They'd rather have the skills competitions and these three-on-three showcases because it's exciting for the fans and it's exciting for the kids. But it was good for 100 years, wasn't it? No. They it really had, wasn't. They've, they've had all-star I, I, games I've not been an all-star ever. game guy in my life. I did go to one all-star game when, when Bo Jackson hit the home run in Anaheim Stadium. Okay. And that was, that was kind of cool with the Bo Nose campaign. I believe that was 1986. I can't remember the exact year. But I, it, wasn't, it was just to go see it. And I was, I was right. relatively young. I was... Uh, Still in my teens, I think, at that time. Uh, but I, uh, it was a, it was something that, that was, was a spect- UCLA. It was a spectacle to go see it. Yeah. Uh, and it was something. It was, it was pretty darn cool. Uh, but right now, you know, people just, they just want to be a part of it. I mean, some, some players get bonused to get in there. But the last thing you want to do is have somebody go in there and get hurt, in a basically fun game and a fun experience. And that's the thing that you, that you want to avoid. Uh, and so, you know, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they have a great month to get healthy and figure out what they're going to do with Jack Eichel and how they're going to manage the salary cap. It's going to be a fascinating month to be a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Three on three. We know that we like the three on three in the overtime. How how, how do you... I personally love a four on four. I love it. Okay. I love a four on four uh, just when when it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, Just a lot of open ice. And when you see 
the talent level, and you know how hard it is to skate, TC. I mean, yeah, it's not an yeah. easy thing to skate. Gilby yeah. can skate. Yeah. You can't skate very well, but no, he can skate. He can still play. No, no, but I can crush you guys on roller skates. Let's be firm about that. Yeah, okay. you know, you're big in the yeah. Xanadu days. Yeah, I know that. So, uh, so it's, it's the roller skate rock bounce To watch, to watch okay. the talent and the things that they can do three-on-three three with all that open ice is, is yeah. very fascinating. So uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's not a goalies thing, that's for sure. Yeah. The goalies get beat up pretty good back there because right. nobody's hitting. Nobody, nobody's blocking a shot, TC. <laughs> Nobody wants to break a foot in an all-star game. No, so they're they're just going to go have a good time. All right, so three on three, it's tournament format. Uh, have you have you have you looked at this? Have you broken it down? Well, the Pacific, for, the Pacific's for, for, for people one who are going to the game. What right? should they expect in three on three? Well, you, you got the talent in the Pacific that's un, un, unmatched, unmatched. First of all, you got all these Oilers. They got yeah. they got the best player on the planet. They yeah. they don't make the playoffs, but they got the best player on the planet yeah. in Connor McDavid. And they got Drysidel. Then you got just a flood of people. Well, McKinnon can't play this year. Hmm. <laughs> so the talent level, I think, in the Pacific, uh, as far as skills, puts them above it, and that's why they've won it, I think, every year. Do it, we have, we have a, a, an additional microphone coming here? Or, yes. or what, what, what is this? It's a little what, teeny what, microphone. It's ready to be plugged okay. in. Really? Okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the G-Man's got additional duties here today. Yes. Uh, yeah, can you can you plug this in? Yes, Christy with a C. Dynamite! Happy birthday! How's that? Wow, wow, dynamite! That's pretty good. You like that? Yeah. That's JJ Walker. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's good. Go. Las Vegas resident, by the way. Yes, I hear he's a very nice guy. I've yeah, never met him. Real nice that. guy. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, done some concerts with uh, JJ hosting. Yeah. So, th- so there you go. All right. So we got three on three. T-Mobile Arena. Good crowd, I, I would uh, anticipate. We've got the skills competition today. But i got to talk to you about some of these skills competition. you got to help me out here. Okay, now I, I understand, like, the fastest skater. And I know Trevor's all in, involved fast, in the fastest fast skater. The heavy favorite is yeah. Conor McDavid to be the, uh, uh, to right, be the skater. Right. So now do, do we – I'm sure we got lines on all these all these things, right? Don't we? Uh, we, we have to. I, we may. I, I mean, don't know. I'd have I to look we, that up. I think we need to get double Bs and Trevor the referee's picks here. All right? Fastest skater. Who, who, who's going to win this competition here? I brought my little well, cheat sheet McDavid here. McDavid is, is, is the obvious choice. He did lose last time he two did, years ago. Right? McDavid. He lost two years ago. All right. He lost to, uh, I can't even remember. All right, so they will take a full Anybody, hockey a full guys. lap around the rink <laughs> in the shortest amount of time, the fastest skater, right? Yes. All right, save streak. What's, what's the save streak? Oh, he, lost, he lost to the guy from the Islanders. Okay, if you say so. Barzell. Yeah. I see, on it. I see your boy Kyle Connors in, involved here. From, Kyle from Connors, Jack. exceptional skills from the University of Michigan. There it is. Uh, and now plays for Winnipeg. He'd be an absolute star in the right market, but he's in Winnipeg, and he's, he doesn't get much of the pub. He's got great flow with his hair, which is a big thing. Yeah. And uh, I think if you put him in a skills competition, he can do anything. Save streak. A save streak. Yeah, Bullies face the shots last one. from all the players from an opposing division. See who can make the most saves in a row. And Bennington won that last time they did it. Now, remember, that hasn't been an all-star showcase two in two years. Right, right. So, uh, you know, uh, who, uh, you, gotta, you, you got gotta a favorite? Like, Come on now. You you gotta, give, well, the favorite's got to be uh, Vasilevsky from Tampa Bay. Of course. The guy's, the guy's amazing. Of course. Who's the, dark, who's the dark horse here, huh? As a, as, a, as a goalie? Yeah, there you go. Who's the dark horse? The dark horse is a goalie. You know, Jerry's playing quite well for Pittsburgh. I'll make him the dark horse. There it is. There you go. Okay, there and it is. Of course, Gibson, you can never count out. Oh. I mean, he's 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 exceptional for for yeah. Anaheim. There's your Pacific Division right goalie, along with our, our he's three quite good. Knights. He's quite good. I mean, you you pretty much can't beat him unless you get some sort of rebound or get a, get some crazy bounce. Okay. 
Ready for this one? The yeah. fountain face-off. Are you familiar with the fountain face-off? Well, I, I saw it being set up at the Bellagio fountains over there, and right. it looked kind of cool, but I wasn't sure how it worked. Do they, okay. do they shoot it into little nets on, on, on each well, pedestal? Is it like a golf event? Well, this, this, is, this is a little bit bizarre now for you here. Okay. okay. Players travel by boat yes. to the rink at the Bellagio fountains and try to shoot pucks into five targets in the least amount of time. Okay. Now, there's a qualifying round and then a head-to-head final here. I'd be a lock in that one, TC. You'd be solid? I'd be a lock. Okay. I'm good on a boat. <laughs> good a little snapshot. I don't have to worry about skating because, yeah. you know, they, 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 they catch you. That's so true. you get a good one. Yeah. The, the better part is, 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 is riding uh, on the boat. You know, there, you're there. Yes. Yeah, you're firing shots. The face-off fountain. Yes. Uh, Nick Suzuki is in this, former Gold Knight. Suzuki's a nice player. He's not going to win that. He's not going to win that. No, he's a he's a hab now. So Mark Stone is in this. Mark Stone is has he, some skills. Should, should he be the favorite? No. Yeah. Who else? Give me somebody else. All right. This is uh this is you. Oh look. How about how Eberly? Eberly's in that competition. Yeah. These guys all know Jordan Eberly. Yeah. We love his dad. We love his dad. I will take it's, it's uh, John. Total, total I'll, take, chaos I'll take Jonathan Huberto from the Florida Panthers in okay. that competition. G-Man and Numbcheck. I hope you're writing these picks down because we're gonna we're gonna come back. Okay. Yeah. We're going to come back to these are, next these, week. Are, these are expert selections yes. here. The hardest shot, the description, plain and simple, players shoot a puck 30 feet from the center of the goal twice, and whoever records the fastest speed wins the hardest shot. Yeah, that probably would be Victor Hedman is my guess. For, for He's a monster Makes sense. from Tampa Bay. How about and Tom Wilson? Tom Wilson, he's got a hard shot, but he ain't going to get there. He'll he's, choke. He's not going to get there? He'll choke. He'll probably feign an injury. All right. Uh, <laughs> Timo Meyer. Team of Meyer, no way. No, no, no shot. I, don't, I, don't it. So I think that's a lock for Victor Hedman. Unless Victor he, Hedman's a lock. Unless he fans on it. He's a lock there. <laughs> unless he fans. The breakaway challenge. Each player gets two shots and can start his routine from anywhere yes. in the neutral zone. They also have full access to the offensive zone, unlike a traditional uh, penalty shot here. Okay. So the panel of judges will rate each shot on a scale of 1 to 10. That is the breakaway challenge. This seems a little interesting to me. Yes. There's some young guys in there that are very, very good. Yes. Very, very skilled. Um, Jack Hughes. Kirill the Thrill. With, yeah. Kirill the Thrill. Well, that's that's the one he's, you go with. He's strong. He, you go with him for Minnesota. That kid Zegris for, for the Ducks is quite good. Uh, I don't like to brink it. I don't think Petrangelo will be there and Jack Hughes, another so? defenseman. No, Petrangelo? He's in there. I, 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 he's in there, but I'm just saying who I think is going to win. I yeah. think it comes down to the top two guys, uh, Kaprizov or, or Zegris. Zegris is amazing. He's a fun guy to watch. Well, you got to pick one here. Uh, I'll go with... Uh, Kirill the thrill. Kirill. Although I don't like the fact that Kirill flops a lot, so you got to keep an eye on him doing that. <laughs> he should get penalized for embellishment. The referee would absolutely give him the two minutes on that yes. when he flares himself yeah. up in the air. Especially in a, in a skills competition. Yes. A so-called exhibition here. Yep. All right. Uh, I don't know what this is. The NHL 21 and 22. Uh, players shoot. Oh, yes. It, the over, This is the ridiculous part here. They're shooting an oversized deck of cards you on Las that. Vegas Boulevard. It's the best. In an attempt to achieve a hand of 21, which we know all about, without busting. All right. Okay. There you go. And th- there are six rounds of, of okay. this competition. All right. And uh, the first player. So which player, one? Which one's the biggest degenerate? Is what it comes down to. Which one gambles? Two wins is the victor. <laughs> That's right. So what? They're okay. So let's. Get, so they're they got a, oh, they got cards, oversized deck of cards, yes. and you're firing the cards to see, you know, yeah. what 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 what, what the, the rolls over, right? You got to hit, hit the card, card, and what comes over? So bam, you snap it in the ace, you snap it in the king, bam, blackjack. You're you good got to go. that. Yeah. Just do that six times. You win. You can, walk away. Can you double down in this? Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. I know what a blackjack is. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> there you go. You, uh, you cannot do- – Christy with a C says you cannot double down on an oversized deck. There you go. Ring it up there. So you got some really skilled players in this, which is which is pretty cool. Stamkos, winner. Steve, we got, you got Austin Matthews in there. Yeah. He, he can pick a corner. Right. He's pretty darn good. Stamkos is outstanding. I think uh, Pavelski, he was only like one of the top American-born uh, players of all time. Uh-huh. He's quite good. He's the captain. No, he's not the captain in Dallas right now, is he? And Kadri's having a heck of a year for uh, the Avalanche. I would go with Austin Matthews. No Pavelski. We don't like Pavelski. Well, he's the one that got hit and right. fell. Oh, but that, that wasn't yeah. his fault. Yeah, yeah. He just he fell Down awkwardly. Dallas. Okay, formerly yeah, for the for the Sharks. Yep, you got but it. He's a great he's a great hockey player. All right, and finally the accuracy challenge. Players stand 25 feet from the goal line, catch passes, and try to hit four targets. 15 inches in diameter to the four corners of the net in the fastest amount of time. So they, 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 this they, sounds they like something you do good at. You kind of cradle it. You're not going to want to one-time it. You're going to want to cradle it and snap it and hit the oh, okay. things. A lot of guys will go for the top ones first to knock them out, then go for the bottom ones. Gilby, isn't that the strategy yeah, on that? There you go. So the main thing is to get the puck quickly and off your stick quickly. So a guy like Pacioretty would be great in this because of where he can fit. But let's see who's in the event. Marsha shows in this. Oh, got to love our, our little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Marcheseau, yes, and he's yeah. having he's like 20-goal guy. I think that this is uh, one that you go with the guy that absolutely can score from anywhere, and he's just uh, an amazing player, and he's from Edmonton, was, but he's out of Germany, and that's Leon Dreisaitl. There I think is. he's the one to beat there. Edmonton Oilers, the favorite there. Well, I mean, he's he's the he's the best German player of all time. Yeah. Okay. Of all time. He's amazing. Better than Dirk Nowitzki? Dirk, Dirk can't skate. Yeah. How do we know that? <laughs> he can't say he's a big lumbering guy. There's no way he can skate. Uh, how about Bergeron as a dark horse? No, Patrice Bergeron. He's a great player. Yeah, he's you know he's he's not he's not even a dark horse. He's nice one guy of the favorites. Too. This yeah. kid here, Troy Terry's having an amazing year uh, and really a lot of fun to watch with a very good young uh, Anaheim team. Okay. If you really want to get to a game here and you should get to a game because it's going to be an exciting finish of the year. Anaheim is only two points behind us or maybe one point behind us in the standings. They we do have some games on hand. Also, Sebastian Aho. Absolute superstar. If he wasn't playing in Carolina, if he was playing in New York, he, you'd see him all over the place. He's he's a phenomenal player. He he'd be my second choice in there. Okay, look at this. We're going with the Oiler for the uh, for the win here. I go, I'm going with Drysaddle because I've seen him release that puck and he scores a lot. Aho is a little more creative when it comes to it, as is Troy Terry. Where else can you get astute breakdown like that from the Skills Challenge? None other th- than Double B. Doesn't That's have good. Skates on that was, right now. That was impromptu, too. That wasn't, hey, get something ready for this. No, that was not, good. Not, not at all. Yeah. I mean, not like our best bets. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So if you, got, you have to pick one that you want to just, okay, this is the, the skill challenge that you're really most interested in. Which one is it? That I'm interested in? Yeah. Yeah. That you say, okay, I, I, I definitely don't want to miss this. <sighs> I, one I like, more interesting to you than, uh, well, than I, I, I'm going to go with three. I'm going to say the fastest skater is intriguing because it's so close. Okay. And they fly. Yeah. I mean, when you actually watch them go, and they're just going, mm. and they don't have to have a puck on their thing, yeah. they are moving. So that is a real fun. And the winner's going to win by, you know, uh, five one-hundredths of a second. I mean, it's going to be fat. It's going to be close. I think the accuracy challenge is awesome because they're getting yeah. it, and they have to actually hit it in there. The other two ones are a little gimmicky, the the, the one on the Bellagio and the and the, yeah. and the uh, stuff. The but cards. it's Vegas. The yeah. cards. It's Vegas Las Vegas stuff. Boulevard, right. Um, the one least interesting is hard to shot. 
Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just a guy ripping one, which, yeah. you know, you know they, I guess they have to hit the net. I mean, that's, yeah. that's got to be I mean, a rule, too. You can't, I mean, just, you can't just drill it into the, I mean, the organ player, right, that, that's up there from, I mean, from that's slap like, shot. That's like going to the county or the state fair, and you're seeing how hard you can throw a baseball pitch, right? Yeah. You don't even know if that thing's accurate or not, right? The goal, I mean, I'm firing it. I'm thinking it's going 92, and it comes up 68. I mean, come on. There's yeah, faulty equipment And the there. goalie thing doesn't really interest me because no. sometimes somebody gets better shots than others, and, yeah. you know. The, the breakaway challenge with judges, that's like that stupid slam dunk competition. Right. You know, it's really not that really. But so I'd go with the I'd go with the speed and I'd go with the accuracy. Okay. I like it. There it is. All right. The, <laughs> the hockey world, according to Double B, the all-star weekend here in Las Vegas. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little Pro Bowl. We'll talk a little Good. Vegas Golden Knights. We've got a whole lot more coming your way. Marco D'Angelo in the house. One of our handicapper extraordinaires. All right, we'll even talk about his uh, outstanding record with uh, football. But a shout out to uh, all the crew here uh, inside the Cosmopolitan here today. That's it. TC Martin Show on a very vivid Friday. Vivid. I like. Hey, this is Mia from Saskatchewan. No matter where we are, we listen to the best sports show in Las Vegas, the TC Martin Show. It is a fun Friday, there's no question. There is uh, no football to really to speak of this weekend. We do have the Pro Bowl, but uh, the NHL All-Star festivities in the house here, and Team Canada is in the house. When I say Team Canada, I'm talking about the female Team Canada. That's it. We have the Christy with the C, 40th birthday extravaganza, the Cat with the K near 40th birthday party uh, coming, and uh, they're all donned in their uh, Canadian hockey gear, We've got the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, and of course our Vegas Golden Knights, all well represented here. And that's in a retired that's tonight. a retired jersey. They're not wearing those anymore. Yeah. You know that over here. <laughs> yeah. That that aviator jersey that they wore for a little while, it's gone. The, the Winnipeg Jets one, the yes. baby blue, yes. which I opted not to get. I didn't care for it, mm-hmm. but they're going with the Heritage Classic when they were when they beat Calgary. Last year in in Regina, the one we were supposed to go to. The one we were supposed to go to, exactly. And, uh, yeah. But instead, I went to watch Michigan whack Notre Dame, which right. was even better. Right. And then Winnipeg did win the game two to one. And, and we're still supposed great. to go uh, do a, a, a gray cup. cup as well. Gray so. Cup. So there you go. It yeah. was Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I don't know if you're aware of this, TC. They're yeah. the two-time, actually three-year champion <laughs> yes. of the of the uh, gray cup. I know it very well. I yeah, actually watched Bombers. a good portion of that game. Yeah, you know, going back uh, a month or so. I think ago. I might be the only person in Southern Nevada that has a Saskatchewan yes. Rough Riders jersey and a Blue Bombers cap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I might well, be the only one that has that combo. Yeah. I don't think anybody else does. does but look at Mars here. Mars here is representing uh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, and he's just like the goalie. I mean, he's just like, he is a goalie. He's yeah. a former goalie, but he's just like uh, Trevor, where traditional in Canada, they don't they don't get the numbers on the back. That's true. That's a traditional yeah. thing there. They, they usually like stay without it. Now, some people are rogue here. I can see someone like uh, Derek went with his, uh, oh, he's got both on there. <laughs> he's got 2-9, though. He's got dry saddle work in there, so he's, he's good to go. Okay. There you go. Look at that play-by-play. There yeah. it is. Double B in the house. Uh, Nubchuck, very jealous that he cannot be here. He's back in the studio saying, this sounds like a fun time. This sounds like a fun party over there. It's a fun crew. It's a fun crew. Uh, you know, we're, it's, it's happy. Uh, Christy's been stuck up in Kenora for two years. Yeah. Uh, she hasn't been able to leave that place and uh, 
So now it's nice to see her back out traveling. She hasn't been to – she has season tickets here. Yes. And hasn't been to a game in three yes. years. Yes. So that, that's a little rough. And, uh, of course, the season she comes for her to celebrate her birthday, and there's no games because it's the All-Star weekend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, loyal listener, uh, Christy with a C. Loyal listener of the show. Uh, yes. Each and, each and every day, each and every week uh, on Fridays especially, uh, she's all over it. So we appreciate – we appreciate uh, the Canadians uh, tuning into us. And she worries about your dietary habits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she should worry. I'm, I, I'm, in, I'm in fine shape, as you all know. There you go. Just, yes. just keep it coming. Yes. There it is. So keep it coming. I, I, I get that commentary quite often. Yes. <laughs> they, they love seeing the pictures from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas and uh, my food ventures there. As I, and Kat can appreciate that because Kat can keep up with me yes. on the food side. I mean, I can't keep up with any of these guys on the drink side. Not, no. I, you know, come hoops and hops. Well, they, I mean, they I, are, just, I just throw them the towel. They but, are Canadians, but, but so they eat? have a way big advantage yeah. of you on the drink side. I do, but I can eat with the best and of them. And they can skate circles around you, too. Well, there's no, no question about that. No question. Unless you're in your roller disco days. There you go. Yeah, that's it. I, I like the way you, I know you went Xanadu. I don't know where you came up <laughs> with a Xanadu. Xanadu. I mean, yeah. Well, you, you threw out your, yeah. your roller rink skills. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'm just wondering, in the speed skating uh, event that we're going to have there, the, fa- the fastest, if they're going to be uh, pumping up some jams like you would at the... Uh, you know your Saturday venture of going to an old roller rink where you have this, the speed competition or, or the ice uh, skating competition. Are we going to do that? We know it. it it's, it's Golden Knights. It's, it's Golden Knights. It, so it's T-Mobile. So it'll be a nightclub in there, right? The sound system is phenomenal in there. The Golden Knights do everything right when it comes to the fan experience, and that's why people want to come here and see this. So it's going to be fantastic. That's a little bit slow right there. Is that Xanadu? What no, is that? that, is that no, this is your <laughs> halftime show for the for the Super Bowl coming with uh, with Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and uh, Kendrick Lamar, and whoever else. There you go. You know what's good yeah. about the halftime show? Oh, Alicia Keys. You go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. You come back. You get some food. And you sit down. But people love the halftime Thank show. You. See, now I'm getting a bad no, look. Cat no, the case give me a you, bad look. You she really likes the halftime show. I, I'm asking for. I did say the worst halftime show I've ever seen was the weekend. The weekend. Right. The weekend was pathetic. You didn't care for that, did you? Yes. And yes. I did not like it. Yes. <laughs> Numbchuck, it just shows how, how usually you're spot on, buddy. But we're talking about, you know, speed skating and this and that, and you come with, with that mellow stuff. Now, there's not any speed skating out there. There you go. Now, this is what we're talking about. Now, we're doing a little, little rock skate, roll bounce, a little bad times, a little Captain Rap. Right here. Here you go, Double B. 1986. There's a flashback for you. 86. Yeah, here you go. When you were a teenager, I was. No, I was. A, yes, where you had that clear there. Can you can you add skating to this? I mean, this is where it, you get it going. There you go. That's it. Christy wants to know she was four. Yes, Christy was. See, I, I'm not sure which uh, which beverage number she's on right now, but she's having a great time. We love you, girl. <laughs> there you go. All right. As we transition over to Marco D'Angelo, who has this look on his face like I've never seen before. Marco's going. What have I walked into? <laughs> He's like, oh, Marco's usually on his computer, giving out just, just perfect picks. <laughs> nice frazzled. So now he can't even get his computer on. Yeah. Yeah. I would have known it would have been this much fun. I would have got here earlier. But, uh, <laughs> definitely off the rails today. <laughs> That's it. This is, like I said, this is kind of like our bye week, you know, so to bye speak, week. you know. It's like our bye week. I mean, we have no best bets. I mean, I don't like this off week for, for football. And, you know, remember a couple of years, they actually did – they had the Super Bowl immediately after, and I love that momentum. Then we had to go back to this stuff. You have to have it for to get the fans to be able to line up yeah. and try to get you know come see their team. And 
pay an arm and a leg for a ticket and everything else to do it. Can't do that in a week. So and you certainly can't analyze the game in a week, TC. You need at least two weeks and then nine hours before the game to talk about every aspect of the game. So yeah, I mean you can overanalyze it to death like we will. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's. It, I I don't mind the two weeks. I I don't mind. No, it's I liked fine. I liked that they moved the Pro Bowl out of Hawaii because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to go there. And I like the fact that they moved it to, to a location mm-hmm. between the thing because nobody wants to go after the season. So at least now it gives people something to go and kind of gear up with a little mm-hmm. more hype towards the big game. What do you mean nobody wanted to go to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii? Everybody wanted to go to the Pro nobody. Bowl in Hawaii. I knew people would plan Fans. vacations to go do that, and the players obviously loved going there. Yeah, no. Yeah. They didn't. Aloha Stadium is terrible. Well, I they understand wanna, They that, don't want to go there. They couldn't get fans to go there. It was well, a little I'm too pricey for them to go there. I'm going back 20, 30 years ago. It's six hours away from the from where we are now. Yeah. And now, the Hawaii doesn't even want you there, right, with all the That's COVID true. restrictions. So yeah. uh, it was the right move for the NFL to start showcasing the teams and the, and the locations of where they do business. And they don't do business mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Orlando was was a sad place for a Pro Bowl. Come Orlando on. is a pathetic place to go to on a normal basis unless you've got little kids that want to see Disney. That's about it. Is it worse than that arena in Raleigh, North Carolina? Oh, man. <laughs> You yeah. know how you feel about uh, that. Yeah, no, that was not a pleasant thing. That was not good. It's a great game, too. Yeah. Toronto versus uh, uh, Carolina, but right. there's nobody there. It's like All right. I look, I look at the board, and, of course, we have the, the Super Bowl odds up there with the Rams uh, up to four and a half now. Uh, we uh, talked, uh, you know, on Sunday, or Monday it was three and a half. But what's at the top? We actually have a line in the Pro Bowl. That's right, the AFC minus one. Marco, how, do, what, how does one even make a line on this game? I don't. <laughs> okay. Ask me how many Pro Bowls I've watched in the last 20 years. And probably the same as Double B and myself. Zero. Zero. Right. Yeah, every zero. Yep. Yep. It's just, you know, exhibition games and, you know, it's fun, you know, if the fans, you know, want to watch a bit. It's not something I can do. I bet every day for a living, and I'm not going to bet on something that doesn't mean anything. At least, the, you know, the baseball all-star game actually has yes. a little bit of meaning to it. Right. You know, you know, not that it's a big deal but in baseball to have the home field advantage, but they're playing for something, and it's in the middle of the season. And it's not effort. at the end. Every one of these guys give effort in the all-star game as well, too, the Major League Baseball all-star game. But, I mean, your pitchers pitch one inning or two innings. Oh, yeah. Guys are out after three innings, so it's not a normal game. It really isn't. You bring everybody in. Well, none of it's a normal game. None of but, it's a normal you know, game. But, so, but baseball is the closest to yes, a normal game. Yes. I will grant you but that. But I will watch the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Actually, I kind of look forward to it. I, I have not looked forward to a Pro Bowl, uh, NBA All-Star Game, or an NHL All-Star Game. And we don't even have that anymore with the NHL. Now it's into this three-on-three tournament. Yeah. So, But in the, in the NBA thing, I used to enjoy it way back in the day. And you understood, okay, you weren't going to get much defense. But now it's become zero defense, and now let's put totals up of 300 because you know the game's gonna you know, it's gonna be 165 to 158 or whatever, and it and, and the and the players just don't take it serious. Well, I, I have it's, it's I have worst. I have watched the NHL showcase over the last few years. Last year they didn't have it, yeah. and I found it to be entertaining. But that's about it. I've I've recorded it. And because you know, you, as you as you watch it on TV, they, there's a, a long gap between the games, so uh, recorded, and you can just, just zip and watch a quick ten minutes of a game. And it, so it's actually fairly interesting to watch and, and fun because they're very talented of what they do. And I've been you know rooting for the Pacific guys because you know we're a Pacific team. So Marco, you you're a hockey guy, and you can remember when the NHL had an All Star game. What do you think of? 
where the NHL has gone with this tournament-style format now compared to, you know, were you ever interested in an NHL All-Star game, even going way back? Not going way back, no. It it wasn't a big thing for me. But what is neat with these weekends is all of the fan stuff that they have, interactions around town. That, to me, is better than the game. You know, let let fans interact with different things and see all the stuff we have around town with both the Pro Bowl and, uh, you know, the hockey. You know, Pro Bowl, they had competitions at, you know, Las Vegas Ballpark where the Aviators play. And, you know, it's fun to experience that. Same way with baseball. You know, how many people like to go watch the home run derby before the all-star game especially since you know now it's become a big thing to bet you know right betting makes everything more interesting let's face it and like i said they've decided to become more of a showcase and i gotta think that the the players unions have had something to say about that you know hey let's get something that's a little fun and throw some money at it and they get to go and they get to shake hands and they've done the thing at the convention center like you said they did the thing at the ballpark Mm -hmm. and and they do things around town so uh, to me, I think it's a it's a nice, fun event, and uh, you know, people that want to go to people are excited to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people like I can, they were stunned. I didn't buy tickets. Yeah, like you didn't buy tickets. I go, nah, it's really not my thing. Right. Uh, but you know, enjoy. You know, and I had people that went to San Jose the last time. Like, oh, we're going to San Jose for the All Star game. I'm like, oh, that's great. Have fun. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. We don't get two points in the standings, but you know, go enjoy. Yeah, go right. for your team. <laughs> From the uh, Pro Bowl perspective. It, there's a lot of people that seem interested in going. I've had a lot of ticket requests over the last week about about going. Uh, again, I'm like you guys. Just I, I've never really been, uh, you know, attracted really to the Pro Bowl. Maybe long, long time ago. But then, you know, when you can't blitz and you can't do that, and they just made it a, a travesty. And like you said, Brian, the thing in, in Hawaii got to be really stale just because Aloha Stadium. But then when they started moving it on weekends and days and all this other kind of stuff, and they went to Orlando. I mean, then they started moving around. For me, that was just, it was too goofy. I am glad that it is here in Las Vegas for the same thing that you're saying, is this is great for the community of Las Vegas. It's, it's, it's great for people to come to town. I mean, look at the tourists that are coming to town for this. And see, it's they, been alive here since Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, it's been, it's yeah. been jumping. Yeah. Which and is great. I, I don't think we could say that, even though we never went to Hawaii or whatever, but I, I don't think you could say that it was that electric back there. You'd go to the beach, you go do some things. Sure, they had some of these, you know, auxiliary activities going, but now it's it, it's more about the nightlife. It's more about going to the restaurants. It's more about, you know, having a good time and then, you know, doing some charitable functions as well, too. And then, like I said, even some of the skill stuff. I watched a little bit of that at the ballpark in summer last night. I mean, I, I got to say that I... Not much of a dodgeball guy, but I was kind of intrigued by the little, by a little bit of the dodgeball that they have. And they kept everything AFC versus NFC, which I appreciate that from a com- competition standpoint. But no, it, it's good for the community. I know that you know people in Las Vegas are talking about okay, the draft is coming. We know we're getting a Super Bowl. We're getting all these major events, and the Pro Bowl was kind of like, well, who knows? But I think it's it's been better than I think a lot of people anticipated as we lead up to it uh, to tomorrow. Yeah, the draft is interesting. So this, I, I to me, I. I think that this is more of a, a dress rehearsal for 2024 when we host the yes. Super Bowl. Uh, really to understand what's wanted and where we can do and how they can get people around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Super Bowl is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge. But the draft, I mean, I had no idea the draft was as big as it is. I mean, it's like hundreds yep. upon hundreds of thousands of people come to watch them call their their, their player and then yep. they boo them. You know, that's what they do for the most part. If they're, if they're Philadelphia fans or Giant fans, right. that's, that's what right. they do. Yeah. Don't forget the Jets. Yeah, the yeah. Jets, the Jets yes. always, always boo. Yes, right. yes. Right. But uh, listen, 
things turned. I mean, a few years ago, uh, a Cincinnati Bengals chose uh, some kid out of LSU, right? Right. And then they got Chase. And now look two years later. They were 125-1 to 1 when the season started. Two years later, Burroughs got them into the promised land. They kind of dodging through the raindrops. Yep. But, you know, congratulations. Cincinnati, that team has been beaten down for decades. Yep. Right? I don't know when the last time they won a, a playoff game before this year. Mm. Like 30 years ago? 31 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 31. Yeah, 31. About, yeah. So, I mean, they, they have a good fan base. They were big red machine. They yeah. got good fans there. And they were dying for a winner. And year after year, they didn't get it. And then they right. got their guy. They right. got Joe Burrow. He gets injured, and now they've got him in the Super Bowl. They're, they're a few snaps away from winning the Super Bowl, and that's pretty exciting. So uh, the draft is a big deal. I mean, it, it's, it, it changes the fortunes of, of teams, and uh, uh, you get tons of people from these various fan bases descending upon those cities. They said 600,000 people showed up in Nashville. Correct. 600,000 people in Nashville. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's a lot of people. I don't know where they, Nashville can't handle that amount. And, and we're going to be hearing <laughs> a lot about that number as we approach the draft because I, I guarantee you people here in Las Vegas, they want to break that record. And they're, they're shooting for a million people. They may get a million people coming to town for this draft. Yeah, I can't a, even fan them. Uh, yeah. When is that? I'm going to take vacation time. During I'm, that I'm time. telling you. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about you know eclipsing Nashville's we, record. We think the draft. We we feel the draft might be every bit as big as March Madness first weekend here. Yeah. You know, because it kind of sets up on the same days, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And then by Saturday, it kind of fades. Right. So it's, it's going to be great. And it's in April. We might have a Vegas Golden Knights game going. I have to go look at my schedule. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're talking about. 31 years of the Bengals, as we've talked about on this show, our, our good friend Jay Schrader was in that last game when the Bengals beat the Raiders in yes. that last playoff game where Bo Jackson got hurt. Bo Jackson, that was, that was that, terrible. That, 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 that was when the Bengals won their last playoff game until this run this year. What so. a great conversation with Jay talking about Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah. That was great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Man, oh, man. All right, so, yeah, the Pro Bowl, it's happening. Uh, the rundown with that is you've had the skills competition, that sort of thing going, the fun events at the uh, ballpark there in Summerlin uh, on, on yesterday. But the Pro Bowl actually happens at 12 noon uh, coming up on Sunday. Uh, four Raiders in this game, Max Crosby, Denzel Perryman, Hunter Renfro, and uh, your favorite punter, A.J. Cole. I love A.J. Cole's comment with this. He said that, he hasn't even taken any any practice snaps for punting. He's gone to practices, you know, the last three days of the, this week, and he says, "I don't think I might even get on the field." He goes, uh, "You know, if it's like you know fourth and ten or whatever." He goes, "I think they're going for it." He goes, "So I'm just here, just you know, to to be a concierge." He said, "I'm here to be a concierge. I've been answering people's questions." Which restaurant should I go to? Which show should I go to while I'm in town? He goes, yeah. He goes, I don't even know if I'm going to get in the game. He goes, and I'm totally fine with that. A.J. Cole is fantastic. <laughs> what a great punter. And by the way, we said, you know, we were going to get three of us to wear his jersey. Right. So we'd have 666 in the, in the, in the stands. I thought that would be kind of cool. But uh, we didn't do it because I was stuck on Dave Casper, whose birthday was yesterday, by the way. Happy birthday, Dave. There you go. Very nice. Yes. The ghost. The ghost. Goes to the post. Goes to the post. Got to love it. I, I've heard 777, but you want to go 666? Well, I mean, that's that's, that's kind of evil, That's man. Raiders. That's Raiders. That's, I mean, come on. That's the dark side. That's, that's right. Yeah. That is. You know, they're the, they're the evil sure, empire. It's the Raiders. Come on. I'm sure Silver and Black Charlie would be the six in the middle Silver there, right? Silver and Black. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> silver and Black Charlie. You know, Calf with a K is a big Silver and Black fan. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're... we're, we're, we're Raider Nation. And now we go Raider Nation. TC, yeah. TC, you know, Trevor went to his first tailgate ever. 
this year. I know. Ever. I know. Ever. Didn't go to the game, but went to the tailgate. Yeah, so that's, he, that's what you got to like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He would come and show up at the tailgate, but he yes. tailgates like no other. I yes. mean, again, we were talking earlier. The G-Man had his yeah. had his Wisconsin uh, shirt on. Yes. And we know Trevor is, a tra- is now transferred uh, into the LSU Baton Rouge. I'm sure his other shirt is yes. an LSU shirt. He's got to have it on all the time. So, so here's what he said. He said, <laughs> I, I am looking forward to going to a game. He goes, I hear they start tailgating there in Baton Rouge starting at 10 in the morning for a 7 o'clock game. He goes, that's at my wheelhouse. That's it. He's the king of tailgates. Listen, LSU, they start tailgating at 10 o'clock in the morning two weeks before the game yeah. starts because hey, they're listen, ready to go. The G-Man not and quite I as, know. It's not quite as good as Mississippi. They're, 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 they, they set the whole mark. We, we, Gilby and Oxford. I will put Madison, Wisconsin – uh, you're gonna pay eighty thousand plus with anybody. I'm telling you, tailgate. I started tailgating at seven in the morning. You haven't been to the there. Grove in Mississippi. Yeah, that's probably the best. I have not been. That's probably the best. Yes. But uh, I do want to get to a game up there because I do love that stomp, oh. the jump, the jump, get the it jump. Right. Yeah, in the third stomp. quarter. There the you jump. go. That's right. They actually, they, they almost feel like they're gonna break the stadium. It, it does. It, it literally, you feel like you are rocking. I, I've been in two rocking stadiums in my time, several times there at Madison at the end of the third quarter for the jump around, and also at the old RFK Stadium in, in Washington. Washington. And that, that thing was scary because I thought this thing was going to collapse. <laughs> True. The Commanders. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the Commanders. <laughs> so we had Trevor on the other day when they announced it, right? Of course, yes. Trevor... He had, a, he had an opinion. He had an opinion. Of course he had an yes. opinion. I'll tell you what his opinion was. The former Redskin and also many of those Emmy Awards that he's won is for broadcasting, you know, the, the Washington Redskins back in the day. And he said, TC, does it make you feel like you want to run through a wall when you hear commanders? He goes, it doesn't for me. Yeah, not it, a fan. I, I I don't know what you do. I don't know. What, I mean, I, who came up with the name? It was kind of weird. They were the Washington Football Team for a little while, which is as goofy Two as you years. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do. Uh, you know, it, I found it interesting. The first thing they said, the you know the the, the, the tribes were like, oh, now we're going after the Chiefs. I'm like, oh, geez, come on now. I mean, it, it seems like enough is enough. Now, but, here, you know, here's the do? deal. That why does it take that long? For commanders, it took them over two years, and I understand that you know Daniel Snyder and company, and they want to say that it took a long time because they had to go through copyright. What, know, did, the, what did the Indians and, do? and all that did kind of stuff? Did the Indians change their name? Yeah, the, the Guardians. Guardians. The Guardians. They're yeah. the Guardians. Does that make you want to run through a wall? Guardians. <laughs> yeah, that sounds you. like something you'd see on like Batman. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, something like a cartoon. Yeah. The Guardians. Huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Numbchuck, that's your cue. I don't know. You know how quickly you can get on that. There you go. Batman. Yeah, you got that. Guardians. Yeah, that's oh, I didn't know that. Cartoon. Know that. Yeah, there you go. The Cleveland anyway, Guardians. Okay. All right. But when you when you look at, at the Commanders, I mean, you had Red Wolves, you had Red Tails, uh, but they wanted to incorporate the military. And what I thought was interesting as the uh, well, Red the Tails person, would have done it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's some history there. You know, going back to the Red Tails. The fighter pilots and everything. So, but they wanted to put uh, the military twist on there, and commanders was the best they could uh, come up with. When they were going through this with Jason Light, who's the, the, the president now there, and he said he was, went through, scoured through emails, he got letters, he got passionate letters, and he goes, We had this one that was like a, a 30 page letter why you should not change it to Redskins. And talked about all of the history of that in, in, in a positive sense. And when we've talked to former players like Charles Mann and Trevor Manich, they said that, you know, they firmly believe that, you know, when they were Redskins, they took that as 
pride. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pride. And it wasn't until recent times when people were made aware, okay, maybe it's not a good thing. So then the players stepped back for a little bit. But there's still people there that, you know, wanted them to keep that name. But when you look back at Washington football team and now guard or now uh, commanders, doesn't really enthuse you if you're a Washington fan, does it? I just got used to the football team. It, you know, I finally <laughs> accepted, you know, and you'll that get is used the to commanders too. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't sound right. Uh, I don't know if that's as bad as the Guardians for Cleveland. I, I just I don't I don't get that one with the the Guardians. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know because it's kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you'll just call them the, the Commanders. I mean, you'll just be part of what you think. Right. I mean, you can obviously think that a name Redskins is pretty derogatory. So, right. uh, if it had to go, I would have kept something with red, though. I, I just, I just don't really see getting away from that. Just, just my my thought process. Yeah. You know, because you were always hail to the Redskins. I mean, right. So you could, you could, you could say hail to the Red Tails or, or the Red Foxes or whatever. Could you picture call the Hogs in the stadium? With, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, this is not a team that uh, I picture the the Hogs. Yeah. <laughs> the, now well, dressed up the way they their, are. Their fan base has been very disillusioned so, over the last decade as well. So, so Numchuck is, is getting ready for our Terrible Tuesday segment, and they already have their new, like, I guess, chant or their theme song. Numchuck, I don't know if you have that handy, but if you could play it uh, for us. Uh, they're, they're already working on this and, and have this thing dialed in. Already. We are right. Commanders. <laughs> Listen to this. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Washington Commanders football team. We've got a new slogan. Yeah, we took it off of Farmers, but the fact of the matter is, we are Commanders. Boy, it gets better. There's a group of guys behind him with the bum, 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 bum. Yes, there it is. What do we got? We got a fashion show going on here right now? Christy with a C? Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't. I think that's how we have to take it to a break, guys. There you go. <laughs> yes. Marco is still saying, why am I here today? You're here for the pageantry, my friend. You're handicapping this pageantry here. You've got flames. You've got oilers. You've got jets. You've got, you got vintage jets. You've got new school jets. And you've got golden knights. you have birthday parties. Yes. Vintage, as she points to... Her upper body strength. Very nicely. Christine with a C. <laughs> Cocktail number four. Come on by the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. You want to be part of this? Of course, we're here till 4 o'clock. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house. Marco D'Angelo. And, yes, we will talk some football and some college hoop when we come back. I promise, Marco. Don't you dare go anywhere. More store around your door. More of what you're looking for. <laughs> Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs Kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crowtree. He caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. <laughs> It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. 
All right, hour number two here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas TC Martin Show on a fabulous Friday. It is a all-star weekend here, NHL all-star. The festivities in the house here. We got the Pro Bowl. We got big time fight coming up with Keith Thurman and Marco Barrio, uh, Mario Barrios coming up at the Mandalay Bay tomorrow night. But yes, we have been invaded by our huge listenership all throughout the great country of Canada. That's it. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg. It, it's all. It, it, they're all here today. All right. And I was told that and the uh, Nova Scotia girls are here ready to yeah, roll. They're here. There it is. So yeah. we continue on. Hour number two. <laughs> hour number one, pretty crazy. It's uh, continuing to get crazy. Marco D'Angelo is here, our uh, featured handicapper for Wager Talk, and he's going, what have I got myself into today? <laughs> Outstanding. But so happy birthday again to Christy with a C, the big 4-0. Doesn't look a day over 26. All right. Cat with a K is here, and everyone else is here. It's outstanding. And, uh, yes, we have our Finnish goalkeeper, uh, you know, Finnish slash uh, Team Canada. There you go. And uh, now, if you hear that clap, I was told that this lady has the loudest clap of, of anywhere in Canada. Yeah, yeah. The best Melissa. clap. Melissa. Melissa. The best clap, the loudest clap. And I'm not sure if that is necessarily a good thing if we're talking about the clap. That's pretty good It's clap. the best clap. Okay. <laughs> I want that clap. I actually want that clap. Can I get that clap? That's there you go. That's good. That's good pace to the clap. A great pace, yeah. yes. I, I think you need pace for we a good clap. We haven't talked pace yeah. since we had uh, Golden, uh, Golden, what's his name? Golden Pipes? Golden Pipes on here about yeah. his pace. Great pace to yes, the song. Yes, Actually, uh, to the Golden Pipes, I invited Golden Pipes to come down today, but he's part of the All-Star fest- festivities as we speak during the show. That's so, good for him. There you go. Yeah. All right, good deal. All right, Double B, Brian Benowitz, Marco D'Angelo, the G-Man here, and, of course, Numchuck back in the studio, and a very lively, thrilling audience here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, and uh, our Canadian friends have ventured in. Love it. All right. And I, I, do see a bingo, I do see a Bengals hat out there, too. Yes. Some Bengals support. Some Bengals love early. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk a little NFL here mm-hmm. as we – Get ready for the Super Bowl. A little sneak peek ahead here. And, of course, we'll be doing a lot of our previewing coming up next week. Next Friday, our best bets in effect where we're going to uh, give you our best bet on the game, side total, and your best prop bet as well, too, coming next week. And as we know, the prop bet's huge for Super Bowl. Prop, is there a rule to the prop bet, like three to one or more, or how are we going to do that? I mean, because you could do your, you know, the, the, there's going to be no overtime or something crazy. What, what, what's going to be the rule to the okay. prop bet? So here's the rule of the prop bet, okay? We allow you to do a prop bet as long as it's under minus $2, okay. and it can be plus whatever. Okay. Okay, got so it. if you got something you like, it's minus, minus 160 170 that's cool. Okay. Yeah, so that's, right, that's good. I like that. You like that? I like that. Because I'm, I just like made it. that up. You like that? I, I, like that, I like that rule because, I mean, you could look at it and say, well, I'm going to take this one. That's never going to happen. No, no. Lay, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, We're not like, laying minus 2500 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. All right, good. The right. big one always was that's where it would be a safety or not. Right. And they got burnt. Two or three years in a row. First play of the game, right? Yeah, when Den- Denver, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that was good. People went crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then they all fell apart because they all bet so Denver. Yesterday we were talking about a couple prop bets that that seem interesting, and I know that uh, like when we talked to Scott yesterday, he was saying that he really likes to handicap props that really 
have like no timetable or whatever like in any game that it can be alive basically for the entire game and we were talking about a couple props that and i was going to uh, i was looking at a couple ones that are kind of uh, relevant to where we're at right now like will either quarterback throw four touchdown passes and we've actually seen that you know during the course of these playoffs where uh, the quarterbacks with both these teams have had some some very big games and have thrown multiple touchdown passes. Uh, you, you, so you've got a, kind of a prop like that. I know there's always a popular one where will there be a score, uh, you know, uh, first from six inside? Minutes. First six minutes. Right, but but uh, inside the, 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 the two-yard line, the yeah. one-yard yeah. line or something like that. Touchdown. It's always like one and a half, one and the a shortest half. touchdown. Yeah. you got the you know things of that nature. But you know, we're looking at a couple. Marco, when you handicap... Uh, these props. Anything specific that, that you're looking for? Do you have some traditional ones that are go-tos for you all the time, or do you really take a lot of time? Because as we know, there's close to a thousand props on the board now. Yeah, it's grown over the years. Uh, in TC, a little trip down hi- history lane. Do you remember how props actually started in Vegas? No, bring it. What do we got? Jimmy Vaccaro. Yeah? A longtime bookmaker. Yeah, of course. I know Jimmy. Yeah. The Bears Super Bowl they put up a prop. Will the fridge right. score a touchdown? And they got hammered on. They lost a ton of money on that because they had used the fridge a few times during the regular season, and they got killed on it. But they saw how popular people were betting that. That's what made them start bringing props in after that, and it's grown to what it is today. And obviously with all of the other states, uh, you know, with legalized gambling now, it's it's bigger than ever, but uh, there are the stupid props that everybody will always ask me, and I say I can't bet that in Vegas. They'll they'll ask, you know, it's become very popular. How long is the, the national, national anthem going to yeah. be? Yeah. Okay, that's not something you can bet in Vegas. The not only Vegas, thing you right. can bet in Vegas has to be something that's decided in a box score. Yeah, well, actually, actually, it has to be decided on the field. I think that's what they say, right? Okay, I, I'm so. still disgusted they didn't let Peyton score in that that Super Bowl. Well, I think. And they, and let, I've said they it, let the fridge score. That still aggravates me to this day. That's got to be his biggest regret as yeah. a coach that, that he did that, yeah. you know, not getting uh, Peyton into the, the end zone. But, hey, it got us the, the props we have today. Yeah. I, I think there'll be some interesting ones. I'm, I'm very interested in what the sack total is. Uh, I think that if a team gets ahead and another team gets desperate, and I think that there's a, a glaring weakness on one of these teams, and that's their offensive line protecting the quarterback, and there's a, a significant strength for the other one, which is their defensive front. So I don't know if they can set the sack total high enough, Marco. And, and I agree with you, and that's actually to get back to uh, TC's original question, how do I attack props? First, you have to handicap the game. Mm-hmm. In understand what you think is going to develop in the game. And that's a great point for you where you said about the sacks because I like the Rams in the game. If Cincinnati's behind, they're going to be throwing the football. And you're going to have that front line putting pressure on him. So if you do think the Rams are the side and since he's going to be coming from behind, you're going to look at passing props because he's going to have to make up yardage in completions, and that every time you drop back increases the chance for being sacked, especially if since he has to become a one-dimensional team if they fall behind by two scores. And correct me if I'm wrong, Marco, didn't Cincinnati's, didn't they give up nine sacks in one game? They did. That's Tennessee. Has, that was has Tennessee. there ever been a time that somebody gave up nine sacks and won a football game? They're not too often, uh, but they man- they managed to do that in you know that last second drive that got them the, the game-winning field goal, and 
I'm surprised that the line, we saw three and a half for like two minutes, okay, and then that was gone. Went to four, it was sitting four solid. I'm surprised we're seeing the Rams' money come in early. Um, you generally will see when the, the tourists get here next weekend and as you get to game time, they like to bet the dog. And you'll see a lot of money line come in on the Bengals to win the game where the money line might not equate what it normally should for the point spread because more people are going to bet the dog. We talked about that. It's the same effect as a boxing match. Right. The day the day of the fight, you see the money line drop on the dog because everybody wants to take their flyer. They, right. they want to make more money you know, with less money. Bet, right. Bet you can get and value. Yeah. yeah, you can get value on, on the money lines in the Super Bowl. If this was a neutral site game, which it is technically a neutral site yeah, right. game, but they're playing in their home stadium, would the line be three? Or would do you think a point and a half for that? I I mean, only, how would you do it? No, I only gave the Rams a half point for home oh, field advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I did my power ratings on the game. Because first of all, like you said, the Rams never did have a home field advantage. Uh, let's face it. Neither did the Chargers in that stadium. And being that it's the Super Bowl, you're going to have so many other people there, obviously, uh, you know, for Cincinnati. So I gave him a half a point, and to be honest, a lot of guys I talked to didn't even give anything Nothing, huh? on, yeah. on on the power rating. And it's it's interesting because this is you're not going to get a ton of Rams overflow because it is an expensive ticket. Oh yeah, I mean it is crazy expensive. So you're going to have a lot of celebrities and they'll show all those people type of things, but uh, they're going to have to be a lot of corporations. I think they're scooping up these tickets. It, as far as the NFL goes, you know it's nice. We saw it last year with Tampa. It was the first time that a team played in their, their stadium for the Super Bowl. And we have it two years in a row. But as far as the, maybe not the NFL, let's talk the economy of that city. They don't really want their home team there because so much of the market is all those tourists coming in. Correct. If you If you have a bunch of people that are going to go to their homes at night, they're not you know, in the hotels and, you know, spending money and drinking in all of the restaurant industry. So that's something that's, you know, a little bit different with this Super Bowl. But, you know, again, we talked about Vegas and we're going to have it, you know, a couple of years. This place will be off the charts because and you talked about how many people come in early on Tuesday. That's any kind of event that you have in Vegas because Vegas is the only place where when you tie it to a sporting event, You've got three vacations in one. You come for the game. That's first part. But then you have gambling. That's a second vacation. And then if you bring, you know, your significant other, you've got food, shopping, and shows. Where else can you have three vacations in a five-day period? And yeah. if you're Canadian, you go to the pool. This is true. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. If, if it's, uh, it's, it's above 40 degrees, you're at the pool. There, exactly. there's, there's no place better equipped to handle these type of events than Las Vegas. Yeah. There's a, a jillion hotel rooms. I don't know the exact amount. All within walking distance of the stadium, so yeah. they can all be compact right here. It's really gonna. It's gonna. It's really exciting for a couple of years, and it's exciting for this weekend because there's a lot of people very excited to see these two events, and uh, you know, and it's it's flattering to some of these ball players to be here. And we got the Chiefs out of nowhere, mm-hmm. so you got some of their players playing that yeah. you didn't expect. I mean, uh, they've been tied up in the Super Bowl for the last few years, so they haven't been able to play. Right. Going back to uh, the Super Bowl and SoFi Stadium, we know SoFi Stadium is a spectacle. It, it's it's great, but you know you're still going to Inglewood, and that area around there, it's it's not like here. Like we go to a Golden Knights game, or you go to say the Pac-12 tournament or a big fight here at T-Mobile Arena, where you've got 
you know, that area around with the restaurants and the bars and the same thing with the Legion Stadium that you're in, you know, walking distance to the strip and everything. So maybe a little bit early premature to give that Super Bowl to L.A., but I understand why they did because it's the newest stadium. It's a $5 billion stadium, but they are going to build that up, I would imagine. I know there's been talk about building that area up so it becomes like a Las Vegas area, like an entertainment district. You see like in Nashville, you've mentioned that before, about why they have 600000 because they've got this great you know, entertainment and district down there with music and restaurants and bars and everything. But, you know, right now when you go to that game, I mean, it's a standalone, you know, it's SoFi Stadium. And I point to the Staples Center. What they did with the Staples Center, if you guys know that area downtown, I mean, that was, no one wanted to go down there. I mean, it was full of homeless. It was just, it was, it was ugly. But look what they've done over the years, over the last, you know, close to the last decade, where they built that up into a district now where, you're getting all of those events from Grammys to Academy Awards to, you know, major concerts and then, you know, all-star games for the NBA, all that other kind of stuff. And I think that's hopefully what they want to do in Inglewood, and maybe that will be more of a destination. But yeah. Like a nothing better than here. L.A. Live is a, is a great spectacle. Yeah. You go there. I've been there for a number of hockey games mm-hmm. to watch the Kings play the Jets and then the Kings play the, yep. the, the Knights. And, and they, they did a great job there. Uh, but it's tough in L.A. I mean, to go to Dodger Stadium is no dream nope. to get up there. To yep. get to the Rose Bowl can be tricky. Yep. Um, I've not been to SoFi because I used to go there because that's where Hollywood Park was. So I went there a lot as a kid. <laughs> and then uh, we used to go to the Fabulous Forum to watch the uh, the uh, the Kings play in the day and the Lakers back in Showtime days. But uh, it'll take a little time to get it there. Mm-hmm. It really will. And uh, But I think they will. Uh, Detroit did the exact same thing yep. where they rejuvenated in a whole area down there uh, around their stadium. So I think it's the, it's the right thing to do. But it's, it's like you said, uh, they had to give it to them because they spent $5 billion and it was a year delayed. Uh, so they had to give them a Super Bowl. But it's probably four to five years premature yeah. for them to really enjoy the area around England. Right. Marco D'Angelo, Brian Benowitz here on the show today, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, an early look at the Super Bowl. Marco, you already said that you like the Rams. Uh, I do as well, too. The number opened at 3.5, quickly shot up to 4, 4.5. Does this thing get to 5, or do you think it's, you know, I know what you're saying, you know, come game day, but I don't, any, I don't think any sharp money is going to really bring this game, you know, down to anything below 4, do you? I don't know. It's not going to go below four. There's yeah. no no question. It will not go back to that because they've opened themselves up for you know definite middle with it being sitting on four right. as long as it had. Um, you look at the game, and for me, TC, we haven't even seen the money that you're going to get from how many people are going to come to Vegas for the weekend from L.A. We see that it's a short drive. We see it on any weekend. You get such an influx from California. They're going to be they're going to be betting, and you know California doesn't have sports betting yet, so that's why we're still you know their destination. It might get to five come game day when you get the L.A. money in here, but I think that the sharps would come back for every time it ticks up. Sharps are going to come back and grab Cincy. I, I actually think it will reach five and. Uh, it might bop for a little bit, but I think at kickoff, it's going to be at five. I think that the money's going to come in on L.A. I think anybody that watches football can see that if L.A. doesn't turn over the ball in those last couple of games, they were just destroying Tampa. Mm-hmm. And and really, if they cannot drop the ball, 
uh, they seem to have the best team on both sides of the ball right. for all the rounds that they've played. And, and just your eyesight is like, wow, uh, they don't turn the ball over. It's their game to lose is what it just seems like to me. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. And I'm somebody that has ridden Cincinnati right. the last two games. I had them against Tennessee, and I had them against Kansas City. And what people, I think, are buying into with Cincinnati and forgetting Oh, they beat Tennessee, the number one seed. Oh, they went toe-to-toe with Kansas City and pulled that game out. Well, the Tennessee game, when we talked about that game that week, one, you've got Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, okay? That that starts the equation there that you put a negative uh, on Tennessee. And while everybody was so happy to see Derrick Henry coming back, I wasn't. I said he's not going to have a monster game. This is a guy that hasn't played for two months. Running backs need to get their rhythm. And, of course, Tannehill had all of the turnovers that gave him the game. Then last week, they were getting blown out by Kansas City. And Andy Reid, the one time that he tried to get aggressive, when his nature has always been conservative, going for it, in the end of the first half, yep. you're supposed to put the three points on the board there. You gave Cincinnati false hope by not giving up more points there. And then he reverted to his old ways in the second half and took his foot off the gas and let Cincinnati come back. And let's not forget the spot that, since, that Kansas City was in last week. I know this was for a trip to the Super Bowl. But in their minds, they had to feel they won the AFC Championship the week before against Buffalo. We talked about that. Now that's not the case. They're facing a team that's had two scares back-to-back. The Rams against Tampa wasn't even a game. That is the most misleading final score maybe of the season. Right. Okay? And then last week they had the game that could have went either way. It was a coin flip game. They got the turnover they needed when they needed it, and they capitalized on it, and then their defense played well. In San Francisco, as much as we like them, you know, the clock had to strike midnight at some point. That team was on the road how many weeks in a row? Yeah. All tough games. They weren't, you know, they Four weren't in a row, easy. Five of the last six weeks. It yeah. caught up to them. Yeah. And Jimmy G was banged up. Yeah. He was banged up, and he's, he's probably not any good when he's not banged up. Mm-hmm. So he's he better go get his money now. Uh, and they just they just they, they they had so many opportunities to pull that game out, and they didn't. And then he made a a, a few bad plays, but. You're, you're right when you say the, the Tampa Bay game. That was a whooping. I don't even know what happened. I kept watching going, this is just this. I think Tom Brady must have made a deal with the devil on that game because there's no way they should have been in that game. Cam Akers had the two fumbles, the fumble right before the half, yeah. and they were going to push it in. They go, they go up big at halftime. They don't turn that over. Yeah. And then let's not forget Stafford wasn't his fault. The center snapped the ball before he was yeah. ready, sends it over. They were in position to score on that drive yeah. again and instead lose the ball 20 yards back. Yeah. Cooper Cup's only fumble of the year. <laughs> it was just everything was, I'm like, wow, this is crazy That's what's happening. Yeah. The Cinderella story of the Cincinnati Bengals, can it continue? I think we're all on the same page thinking, okay, the Cinderella story uh, comes to an end. And we've seen this in years past with, you know, decided underdogs and, you know, it's a feel-good story and everything. And then, you know, could this be that blowout of a Super Bowl that that we're seeing here? I, when I saw this game, and I actually was texting one of my buddies while the Rams game was going on and they were in the fourth quarter. I said, if the Rams pull this game out, I will have a very big play on the Rams in the Super Bowl. I, I already had my mind made up. 
halfway through the fourth quarter. And what this game reminds me of, and I'm going to go way back, but do you remember the Miami-San Francisco Super Bowl, Dan Marino? First trip to the Super Bowl. You know, it's going to be a hall, you know. Yeah. At the time, we don't know Hall of Fame court, but, right. you know, he had the, the marbles here. Yeah. First time on this stage, yeah. and I know Joe Burrow's already won the Heisman. He's already won a national championship. He, you know, he's checking all of the right boxes, yeah. and it's a different era now because, you know, quarterbacks didn't be drafted and go right in and play like they do now. So it's a totally different era. But the 49ers were one of the biggest bets I ever made in the Super Bowl in that game. And to me, this matchup is so similar to that. You've got a team that's been in the Super Bowl recently. The Rams were there just a few years ago. It was a pathetic Super Bowl to watch. Uh, you know, if you had any over props in yeah. that game, you, you, you tore them up at, the, at yeah. halftime because nothing was happening. Rams Patriots, you know, 2019. Yep. But it was a learning experience for the Rams, and everybody said, we're missing one piece. That piece was the quarterback. They got the guy they wanted. They're here. He's got an extra week. to, You know, he was banged up at different points of the season, too. Having that extra week, you know, to mend the body, so to speak. I just think unless they beat themselves, the Rams are it. And if you remember, TC, going back to the very first playoff game, I went against the Rams mm -hmm. with Arizona, but I said, if they get past yeah. this game, I think they can win the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah. that was my story. I'm yeah. sticking to it. I, I, I like the makeup of this Rams team. I really love that they added Vaughn Miller and they added OBJ and, uh, of course, brought Stafford in because uh, they had that loser from Cal that they couldn't get it done. <laughs> Goff, Goff is not a winner. He's not a winner. He's not a leader. Oh, you're not talking Maybe about Aaron Rodgers? Well, another, both, another loser from both, Cal? Both losers from Cal there. <laughs> but, but Goff is not a winner. He's a heck of a QB, right. but he can't lead a team. And he, that was proven in the Super Bowl. He, it was too big of a stage for him. Yeah. He should go to Detroit and retire, and that would be the end of him. But Stafford, he survived Detroit. Yeah. And he's come out here, and he's, he's been rejuvenated. And uh, uh, some of the moves they made is because they want to be a Super Bowl winner. And now they got this coach who's learned how to get there. They're great on the defensive side. I mean, my goodness, that is the biggest mismatch I've ever seen when you match up two teams. Right. That offensive front, which is banged up and not good to begin with, against the best right. off defensive front in the league, yeah. it's going to be scary. So I, I, unless the Rams have those four fumbles again yeah. and keep a team in the game, I don't, I don't see it being much of a game. Yeah, and going back to Stafford, I mean, you talk to anybody – within the NFL circles there, they had always said Stafford is probably the most talented quarterback when he was in, even in, De in Detroit. He just had nothing around him, and he was he was phenomenal. I mean, he really stood out in his time as Detroit. Just get him with another team that has a good offensive line, has some weapons to throw to, have a good running game. The Rams don't have a great running game, even though Akers, is, since he's come back from his injury, has been pretty darn good. But you're right. You've got a veteran team with the Rams. You've got all-star guys on both sides of the ball. And you know what? The Rams are glad they're not seeing San Francisco because that yeah. just is not a great matchup for them, especially the way the Niners play that physical brand of football. They're not going to see that with Cincinnati. So I don't, don't want to say that Cincinnati is soft, but they're just – it's a good matchup. Yeah. All of these things are matchup. You talk about the, the Arizona Rams game and all that stuff, and we've gone back and forth, Marco. But, I, again, that's why I love the Rams against Tampa Bay because I thought it, it was an exceptional matchup for the Rams. I feel the exact same way. This is an exceptional matchup for the Rams here against the Bengals too. Very young team, inexperienced team. Joe Burrow is great, but 
Joe Mixon is not going to scare me against that defensive front. And again, if the Rams take care of the football, if they're smart and their defense plays what we're expecting them to do, this could be a double-digit victory. It's, it's just about executing, TC, is all you're yep. saying at this point. Because on paper, they do look like the better team. And, you know, they make plays though that, that are maddening. A wide-open touchdown pass is dropped in the first half. Just dropped. I mean, right in his hands. Yeah. You make that catch, and you're going up. That's a whole different game last yeah. week. And then, then the Niners went down the field and scored. I mean, so you're looking at things. Those are big plays. You know, when there's a ball that's tipped up in the air and they drop it, you, you've got to make those plays. Yeah. And, uh, you know, San Francisco didn't until last week when, when they had an opportunity to intercept the game and win the thing. But so if they Rams execute and, and don't turn the ball over, it, to me it looks, like you just said, like a double digit. And to me, I'm interested to see some of the proposition lines laying 10.5, laying 14.5, right. and getting some good money line because I think yeah. I think they're going to bury him. Even even though I don't I, even know if, I don't even know if, I don't even know if that QB can finish the no, game. No, and I think this is good for the Rams too. Even though people want to say it's home field, okay, it is their home field. They're used to that, and I think that is big in this game. Okay, yeah, they're going to be staying home. They're playing in a familiar territory, but it's not about the crowd because, as we know, with the Super Bowl, it's all corporate. Yeah. All right, yeah. I mean, it's not like Ram fans have more tickets, access to more tickets than the Bengal fans do. The NFL controls everything, so you're going to see, you know, the crowd is going to be like 50-50, but it's going to be so corporate. But for me, it's the familiarity of that stadium that the Rams have, and then the big stage for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's another factor, again, along with the experience where I think this has the capabilities to be a blowout. The two things that stand out for me for the Rams, they, you know, they slayed their dragon. They exercised the demons of Shanahan and the 49ers. So they're, they're brimming with confidence after that. And the defining moment for me with Matthew Stafford was when Tom Brady came back and tied the game up. Everybody, how many times have you said, and I had a big bet on the Rams that day, and I, I was living, I was happy as a lark for three quarters, right. and, you know, and then folks, I thought I was going to lose that game because most teams that blow a lead like that, and then you've got Tom Brady, the, you know, the, the, what can you say? I mean, he's, the he's yeah. yeah. You're going to lose that game nine out of ten times, but he took them down the field and got that game-winning drive in, in com completed passes. And to me, that was the moment right. for him. And I just I think they're going to keep riding it. Yeah. yeah. Not only did he complete passes, they were gorgeous. They were right on the money. Mm -hmm. They were right on the money, and the Rams guys made the catches. So, I mean, they, it was, they got down the field in a hurry for a chippy yeah. at the end. So, uh, for me, they're, they're – their their kicker's not fantastic though, which, which you know yeah. I mean that guy you know, he makes me a little nervous yeah. going on the he field. Does. He does. Where none of the other ones do. Yeah, you you don't want to put the put the game in Gay's hands. Yeah. You know? But for me, it's all about Cooper Cup. I I want to give this guy the MVP right now of the Super Bowl. I, we'll do. see what that prop bet is. I mean, it, just, it was no, just on the board. Nobody has stopped him. No team has stopped Cooper Cup. I mean, the numbers he has put up have been phenomenal up until this point in time, and I don't see uh, the Cincinnati Bengals secondary, you know, stopping. And what, Eli Apple? Eli Apple's going to stop him? Are you kidding me? No, Cooper Cup, I mean, this guy has, has close to 2,000 yards on the season. It has been, uh, he has been phenomenal, and uh, he's tore every defense apart. 1,847 yards, 18 touchdown passes for Cooper Cup. What's going to stop him? They're not. He's going to get the double team, which is why Beckham's Beckham. been so yeah. good. Yeah. And 
I'm not a Beckham fan. I, I always thought he was more of a cancer in the clubhouse right. than, than being a benefit. But everything he's done so far with the Rams has been positive, mm-hmm. you know. And he knows he's the number two guy, but he also knows being the number two guy, he's going to get single coverage, right. which is going to give him a lot of targets whenever, you know, because you can't throw it to Cooper Cup every mm-hmm. every down. Right. He's going to get some wide open looks. And I think that with Beckham, He's not going to get the number of catches, obviously, the Cooper Cup's going to get because the target's going to go more to him. But I think he's going to have more big plays. Yeah. And, and don't don't forget about Higby. I was just going to don't say that. Don't forget about Higby. Yep. He's Great not, tight end. He's, yeah. not, he's not the, the Kelsey or the, no. the Kittle. He's solid, but He though. is a really good, and he's a great possession receiver for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at a guy like Cooper Cup, they find him out of Eastern Washington. I mean, he's. This is where you've got a winning organization and 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 a belief in your scouting system because you can go out there and somebody can say, "Hey, this guy is the guy we want." And three, four years down the line, he's a superstar. That is in some incredible scouting and great job by the Rams because that's not an easy thing to do. No, and when you've been as successful as the Rams have been the last several years, they're not. They're getting. You know. Uh, low draft pick. Mm-hmm. So you have to find those r- diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. because you're not picking in the first five picks. Right. That's the problem of winning every year or worse yet be a team that's 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and 7-9. Seven, seven and nine. Mm-hmm. You're stagnant every, you know, every year. Right. And find a good character, guys. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Raiders, and that's why we don't have the, 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 the head honchos here anymore mm-hmm. and Maylock and Gruden because they're they, they, they hired, they went after some bad guys. Absolutely correct. And simple. All right. Uh, we'll touch on that to some NFL news real quick when we come back on the other side and also talk about some college basketball. A uh, good slate of games tomorrow. We'll touch on that. We are live at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, getting ready for a big all-star weekend, the NHL All-Stars in town as well as the NFL with the Pro Bowl, live from the Cosmopolitan on a fabulous Friday. <laughs> Logic and insanity mixed into a perfect prescription from the Dr. T.C. Martin. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on this weekend or any time. The restaurants, the gaming, and of course the sportsbook powered by our good friends at William Hill. And a very lively, energetic, enthusiastic, dynamic crowd here today. It's the Christie Bowl. The Christie Bowl's in effect. Forget the Pro Bowl. It's a Christie Bowl. All the way from Kanoa, from parts unknown in Canada. That's a shout-out to Christie. Shout-out to my man Curtis Frazier in Calgary. He's hanging out with his Flames jersey on. We got the Jets covered. We got the Oilers covered. The Canadians. And, of course, Golden Knights Golden here Knights, as well, too. Shout-out to Melly Mel and Cher. Uh, the, be- the best clap in the world. I've never heard a better clap. That's it. The loudest clap. Yes. Impressive. It's it's an impressive clap. This is the kind of clap you want. Right next to you. Do you know what the Edmonton Canadian football team is now named? Do you know that? <laughs> the Clappers? No, you know what they're now named? What's that? Patrick Mahomes' dad played for the Edmonton Trappers, which is a minor league. Patrick Mahomes' dad for the Trap. That's right. That's a minor league baseball Minor league baseball. Team. Yeah, before he's with the Twins. Yes. Look at Edmonton, Pirates, they're, they're no longer the Edmonton Eskimos. They're now the Edmonton Elks. That's right. I mean, we've talked about that before. I'm not, I'm not a fan about that. There it is. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> Trevor, the referee here. Christie's uh, first started watching football we get, because we, of Patrick. We've got our, our, our Finnish goalkeepers here as well, too. This is outstanding. It's all here. The G-Man from Wisconsin, Numchuck from 
Well, some dump in Illinois. I mean, yeah, everyone's yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco D'Angelo, <laughs> hailing for Pittsburgh. Mahomes' dad pitched for the Pirates, too. He did. That's right. Yeah. Twins in the, in in the, the Pirates. Pirates, absolutely. Yes. And, and apparently the Trappers, which was a little known <laughs> fact. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you're tuning in, uh, a wild show here today. Marco D'Angelo is just saying, you know, it, this is a little bit crazy. Not, not what I signed up for, but a lot of fun here today. But, uh, yes, the drinks are flowing, and we appreciate uh, everyone being here, of course, at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Oh, bro, I'm low-key faded, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Raiders, what are your thoughts, Double B? Let's get some thoughts here as the Raiders, the new era begins. And I know there, there, a lot of questions are going to begin as well, too. You're taking two guys with very little or no experience in their respective jobs. Josh McDaniel, the head coach, it didn't go well for him in his two years at Denver. And then, of course, Dave Ziegler has never been a general manager before. Uh, Mark Davis putting his trust in Patriots West. Your thoughts? Yeah, We've been know, talking a lot about it this week, but I want to get your take. My, my take is, you know, they ran Bill Belichick out of Cleveland because he couldn't coach, <laughs> right? And that was his first real big gig. And guess what? His next gig, he did pretty well. So I think that it takes these guys a little bit of time to learn. And uh, I'm very willing to give uh, McDaniels a chance to, uh, okay. to see how he does here. Uh, from a GM standpoint, you can't be many worse than what we've done. Uh, really, it's been terrible. The drafting has been terrible. Uh, Leatherwood is awful. Uh, he's never going to be any good. We need to dump him already. And then those other two were just a complete waste. So uh, I, I'm excited. I think the team is excited. I think they needed to go new. I'm glad they didn't just take the interim uh, off of him. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be Harbaugh, but I'm excited to see how this goes. And uh, your buddy Ken Hoff yes. said it was the best hire he's ever seen. Really? Yes, and he's a, he's a Donko fan, so we, we usually don't we usually don't talk about that. So, but I, I I'm willing to give it a chance, and, and you know what, the bones are there with this team. We got great special teams, and we got Mad Max is fantastic, and uh, you know Renfro's coming to his own. Waller will hopefully get a little better. Maybe we beef up that line, and the team could take off and do a little better. What do you think? I was hoping Harbaugh. Yeah, I'll be, yeah. I'll be on. Me yeah. too. Yeah, but not getting him, even though. Josh McDaniels failed at the first spot. Having a GM and a head coach that's going to be on the same page, coming from the same organization, I think that was the right move. Because if you have a power struggle between the GM and the coach and you guys are thinking things totally opposite, you end up with a situation like you had in Miami with Brian Flores because he didn't get along with Tua. Even though he did a tremendous job coaching, management's going to side with the so-called superstar. We'll wait and see if Tua becomes that. I don't think they should have got rid of Flores, but that's what it is. Yeah, a lot, of controversy. a lot of controversy now around the yeah. league. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, I'm kind I, of crazy. I, it's true. It's a lot of controversy when you're looking at what's happened here with the Brian Flores situation and, uh, you know, the reverberations. Now, Hugh Jackson is coming out and mm-hmm. talking about his time, you know, in Cleveland that he was – uh, you know, told to tank games, and Brian Flores paid a hundred thousand dollars per loss. Uh, he's gone public with this, and Brian Flores continues to interview for jobs. He interviewed with the Saints a couple days ago. The Saints are saying interview went exceptionally well. They may offer him the job. We know that the Houston Texans got rid of David Culley because they were planning on hiring Brian Flores. Flores interviewed, as we know, with you know uh, the Giants. Yep. The 
allegations from a couple years ago after the 2019 season with John Elway in Denver where he didn't get that job. Uh, he made these claims that Elway was drunk, and we find out that, well, Elway came back and fired back and said, well, wait a minute, listen, we f had to fly to Rhode Island from Denver, and we had a late night the night before interviewing another candidate. We didn't get much sleep. He was not intoxicated, but Brian Flores was saying he never had an opportunity to get that job that Elway was not interested, seemed disinterested in that meeting. Some strong accusations here from Brian Flores, and I can tell you, if someone does hire him, I can guarantee you that that front office and the NFL are going to say, drop your lawsuit. And he said he's not dropping his lawsuit even if he gets a head coaching job. Thoughts on, on this Brian Flores situation? Well, you know, obviously this is part of uh, what's called the Rooney rule. With, you know, it started with yep. Pittsburgh and, and the Roonies with it, having uh, minorities interview for the jobs. If he gets the job, you know, I w me, I would say for the good of the league, just let it go away. But he's already said that, and I think that's going to make it even harder for somebody to handle him because you're going to bring in a sideshow as your head coach. And you don't want that distraction. That's the whole reason you got rid of the previous coach because, think, well, in New Orleans, you know, he retired. But in most instances, you're replacing somebody that didn't do a good job. Why do you want to start with baggage? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's a real tricky situation because none of us really know what happened. You know, and, and, and uh, you'd like to take somebody's word or believe somebody else. We don't know. We don't know what happens. And uh, the fact that this guy's actually got a lawsuit, I mean, he's, he's pretty uh, uh, set in his ways that he thinks he's, he's correct in that. So uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I, to me, I'm just kind of watching it and fascinated that all this exploded yeah. really out of nowhere. I mean, within this this, this dead week. So it's kind of kind of wild to watch. This is a guy that had a team that won seven of their last eight games. Yeah. Right. And their starting quarterback, who's supposed to be the quarterback of the future, didn't play all those games. He was hurt during the season. His, if you just take the on-field resume, that's somebody you should hire. He did a, a heck of a job there, and I, I was shocked that he got fired, and, of course, I was shocked that Houston fired their coach, too, because yeah. that guy had no shot. Right, and he won four. Yeah, yeah. had no shot in that. Yeah. So Flores did lose seven in a row earlier in the season, though, too. He did, but Tua was out, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, they had to go between two different quarters. It, it wasn't a good scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's funny because there's some coaches they hire, like Brian Kelly, mm -hmm. for lives – LSU Tigers down there, and uh, you just know that's a recipe for disaster. You know, looking at it, that he ain't going to make it three, four years. No way. So, uh, but others, like Flores, I, he seemed to be turning the corner there. And and I don't know what happened in Miami. I mean, for them to get rid of them, because, I mean, who? It, it just doesn't, to me, make any sense, unless there's some real friction with the front office. I mean, who knows? Well, uh, breaking news on the coaching front uh, earlier today. The Jacksonville Jaguars decided on Doug Peterson. Uh, I like Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson did not get a fair shake uh, what happened with him in Philadelphia. He was the Eagles coach from 2016 to 2020. Did win that Super Bowl in his second season. Remember, they were 13-3 and three, uh, during the regular season uh, during that, uh, that year. Uh, we know Jacksonville fired Urban Meyer back on December the 16th. Uh, this Jacksonville Jaguars organization, what a mess. Uh, they've lost 10 or more games in 10 of their last 11 seasons. They were 4-19 the past two seasons, including a 20-game losing streak. Doug Peterson's taking the job. And here's another organization that 
They interviewed Doug Peterson going back to, I believe it was New Year's Eve. He was the first guy that they interviewed once the season was officially over. And then all the Byron Leftwich talk. You know, Leftwich is the offensive coordinator with, with Tampa Bay, former Jaguar. He's like royalty there. And then they had, I guess, disagreements about, you know, who the GM was going to be. Can Leftwich work with the guy? And then it kind of went dormant. They interviewed some other guys. And all of a sudden today they come back and the owner says, we're going with Doug Peterson. He's the first guy we interviewed. So I don't know why this took so long. We talk about what took two years to come up with the commanders in Washington. <laughs> what, what took yeah. you so long to come up with Doug Peterson? Because by far he's the most qualified guy, and he's a quarterback guy. And I don't know about you guys, but I got a chance to call me sick, I guess, maybe because I'm, I'm, I was betting against the Jaguars a lot. But I got a chance to watch Trevor Lawrence a lot, especially in the second half of the season. He impressed me as the season went along. And you talk to people in the NFL, they think this guy is going to be a good quarterback. He was like the team captain, and he he was calm. He was cool. He was pretty collective. Get a guy like Doug Peterson, who's a good quarterback coach. I got a chance to see no Doug Peterson my time in Green Bay. I think I like this hire. I do. Uh, Philadelphia, two years, he took him to a Super Bowl, and then it fell apart. Mm-hmm. The other year, well, part of it, the first part was Carson Wentz. Okay, yeah. Let's face it. They made a decision. Between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, they got rid of Foles after he wins a Super Bowl for him, you know, and Carson Wentz never lived up to it. And then I think the egg on the face is, you know, then you, you get rid of Carson Wentz, you know. You didn't keep the guy that won the Super Bowl, but you kept the guy that ended up being a bust because, again, the upside was, you know, he's younger and everything right. else is supposed to do it. But that's not always the right answer, <laughs> you know. It, we talked about how bad Jimmy Garoppolo played in you know in the last game. He was just a play away from going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if they go to the Super Bowl, I still don't think that he would have been back as the 49ers quarterback next year. They invested too much in Trey Lance they with just, the high it pick. Seems like they, 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 winning, the they were winning in spite of him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they showed yeah. his record. Oh, here's what he's done. I'm like, ah, yeah, but he throws for like 120 yards and he's <laughs> five for 16 or whatever it is. He yeah. just doesn't. He doesn't look good out there. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked Doug Peterson when he was at uh, Philadelphia. I thought he got a really raw deal there. Um, he got a guy, Nick Foles, who's not an NFL quarterback, and he, they led him to the Super Bowl. He made riverboat gambler-type moves, which was exciting for the team. And they paid and then, off. Then yeah. they, they paid off, and sometimes they didn't, but they yeah. paid off, and yeah. they were they, you just didn't know where he was coming from. And it was an exciting brand of football, and then he was stuck because they made him take uh, Carson Wentz. And look, Wentz folded this year. Yep. I mean, he had some flashes with with yeah. with uh, uh, the Colts, but he didn't he didn't perform when they needed him to, and they ended up losing to, ironically, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Yep. right to lose the, to not go to the playoffs, uh, and so um, and the Raiders, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah. you know, you got to beat Jacksonville. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I mean, it's a better. Will, will the organization change? I don't know. Uh, I think they hired a winner. I think the, the the guy's a winner, and it'll be fun to watch. And uh, you know, the the QB, he's not used to losing. I don't think he lost any games when he was in high school, or or when he went to he was Cartersville, Georgia. He went like forty yeah. and zero. Then he then in college, I think he only lost like the national championship games. Never lost a regular season game. So he's not used to losing. So you better surround him with some talent and see what he's got. You got it. four coaches openings: Minnesota, Saints, Texans, Miami. We'll see what happens with that. All right, guys, real quick, I want to hit some college basketball. Uh, good, uh, I love these Saturdays, you know, with the college hoop. Uh, UConn-Villanova uh, tomorrow. Uh, 
Big East basketball is is back, as our Tim, our guy Tim Brando says. And uh, speaking of Tim Brando, he'll be on the call tomorrow in West Lafayette as the Boilermakers host the Wolverines, Double B. Yeah, I don't know, Marco, if you've got some early lines on either one of those games, UConn-Villanova, Michigan at Purdue. But uh, I'm looking forward to both these games. Michigan's been a tremendous disappointment this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were top five talents. They've been yeah. top five talent. Now they're not yeah. even ranked, and they're uh, they got shelled dis- uh, by, by Michigan, Michigan State, State yeah. and that was that was highly disappointing. That's a big rivalry there. Uh, Purdue is a good team, yeah, uh, and that's not going to be an easy place to go. So uh, I'm actually intrigued at watching that game because mm-hmm. I haven't really watched Purdue, and I, I want to look at them for. Uh, uh, for tournament time and all that. Yes. But but Baylor, Kansas, I mean, come on. That's fantastic. There's another game. And Allen coming, Fieldhouse. Yeah. Come on. That's right. going to be great. Yeah. Villanova tomorrow, minus six. I'm seeing an early number mm-hmm. with that. And you've got Connecticut coming off an ugly loss. They lost as a 10-point favorite in their last game to a Creighton team who is down this year. You know, they've been good, you know, several years. I think it was a case. They got caught. Looking past Creighton to this Villanova game, uh, I look at them, and Connecticut wants to slow it down. They want to play hard-nosed defense. That's the type of style you want to stay. If you keep this game in the 60s and I'm getting six points, i got to look to the dog there. Okay. okay. Uh, Michigan-Purdue, we got an early line on that game? Uh, hang up. Yeah. Got to figure Purdue's probably I think Purdue's six. seven. Seven, yeah, I would make probably. it. Probably, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, Michigan. And Michigan still has some t- some talent. They do. They have well, shown I mean, up. They, they got that big guy down below. Yeah. I just, I just, Dickens I just, is fantastic. Uh, opener ten play. and a half. Ten wow. and a half. There ten and a half. You know, so, so the there's, dog uh, there's, there's not a lot of love for the blue. Yeah. No, but if they're playing hockey, I'll take Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan hockey looks really good this year. Baylor and Kansas tomorrow. That's going to be a good one too. Kansas laid a colossal egg last Saturday against yeah, they did. Kentucky. Kentucky wiped them. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, full disclosure, I was on Kansas. Egg. It was one of my losers that day. I'm sorry. Uh, I had full disclosure, I, I was on the Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but then Kansas come back and bounce back with a big game, yeah. you know, this week yeah. on the road. So uh, can they pull it off against Baylor? I, Baylor is solid up and down. Defensively, mm. score, whatever you want to look at. Mm. But uh, – you know, we'll see what happens. I didn't look at the line on that one. I got to imagine right around Pickham. What do you think? I would agree with you. Right around yeah. there, it's got to be like one, ten and one and a half, something like that. You know, that's that's yeah. At Kansas, looking at uh, one Kansas yeah. minus one. There so it is. Right around Pickham is pretty close. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Redeem myself for the seven. You know, this game might not be as big this year, but it's still one of the greatest games I look forward to every year. It's Duke, North Carolina. They always had that Saturday time slot. Uh, Duke looks to be the real deal. They really. We saw them here in Vegas, what they did against Gonzaga. Uh, Banchero, um, you know, with uh, calling the handicapping queen. That's that's her That's her guy. Uh, they look very, very strong. And North Carolina down a little bit this year. North Carolina can score, yeah. but on no the deep. defensive side of the ball, I, it's just hard to watch them with that. Yeah. With Coach K being the final year, uh, this is a spot that I think you're going to have extra motivation with Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, to finish out. I mean, mm-hmm. What better way go to the Final Four and send a legendary coach? Whether you like Coach K or not, right. he has been a staple of college basketball, and you know, you got to root for him. But these games are always big. This one's being at North Carolina. Uh, I'm seeing an early line of Duke minus three and a half. Three and a half. 
inviting. Yeah. Carolina's not doesn't have it. I mean, you watch them play, and I, I don't even think they're a tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Duke is a nice ball club. I hope they uh, get to the final four of the NIT. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how much I like Duke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would know. have to look at the over. Uh, Duke it, is big in your family, though, Double B. Be, be, I know be careful. Are. I know that. Yeah. I know that. You're, uh, you're, you're other half. She's, yes. she's always sporting that, that Dukey blue. I love she it. Was. She's, she's, she grew up in, right by Duke Gardens yeah. there. And, yeah. uh, Went to those Duke basketball games yeah. for a lot of years, but I don't like them. And don't forget, so. she's got she's got one heck of a dismount as well too. Yeah, the former right. gymnast. There it's you one, go. One forty nine and a half on the total. I North Carolina. Oh. Looks they're like gonna over. they're gonna yeah. they're gonna want to dictate a fast tempo. Okay. They they want Duke to go up and down the floor. Final game I'm interested in tomorrow. We talked about the Wildcats last week and what they did. Kentucky. They play Alabama at Alabama. Big SEC game. You know, this Alabama team really impressed me last year. They've been a little bit uneven. They did get blasted by Auburn uh, earlier this week. But uh, I am interested in Alabama at home against Kentucky. I think it's a, uh, Kentucky has a little bit of a letdown here, and that's a tough place to play there in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. And Alabama, they've got some great guard play, as we've seen last year with their run in the tournament. Marco, give me a line on, on Kentucky-Alabama tomorrow. Yeah, I'm trying to pull that one up, right. and I'm not finding it yet. But I'll tell you, Alabama is a team this year that's flying under the radar yep. in the SEC because you, you've got Kentucky, the blue butt, every year. Uh, and you got Auburn. I mean, Auburn's come out of nowhere. Number one in the country. Number my one in the yeah. country. You know, yeah. they've lost one game. And Alabama's got a good team. They smoked LSU the other day, and uh, you know, I. They, but then they have letdowns, right? I mean, they yeah. beat Gonzaga, then they they lose to like something terrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I can't remember who it was early before that game. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky three. Kentucky's three. So I, I like the home doggy uh, in that game. Look at you, home dog. I like uh, home dog. I like home, it. Is it still Coleman Coliseum? Yeah, absolutely correct. There it is. Yeah. The only problem is I don't like the benches are on the wrong side. You yes. know, when they when they have the benches that are on the camera side, I've got a problem with that. The la- Listen, the last time I saw it, it was in Coleman Coliseum, was 1990. I was down there with our buddy Dave Rineker, and we went to see Bob Dylan in concert there before the Penn State um, Alabama game. Home Bob game. Dylan at Bob the Dylan. Coleman Coliseum. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes, he was. He was actually very coherent that day, and it was a great show. That, that is outstanding. Look yeah. at this. Yeah. Alabama. Then I saw the worst football team of game of all time. Nine nothing. Penn State beat Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama had their worst game of the season last time out, and that was right after they beat Baylor in the SEC Big Twelve uh, matchup the uh, the game before. But that was their arch rival Auburn, and they got the doors blown off from one hundred eighty one. Yeah. What do you think? What is your opinion on Bruce Pearl? You know, I've known Bruce Pearl a while, going back to his time at uh, Milwaukee and everything. It's uh, he, He's a piece of work. I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. We don't have enough time left in the show work right for, there, for me to do that. Uh, but exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have any opinion on him. I remember my, my, my mother, Yella, doesn't like him because he was at Tennessee and he's no longer there. Yeah, now exactly. he's winning for Auburn. Yeah, it didn't look, you know, didn't but, look good yeah. in orange at all. That didn't look good in orange. All right, shout out to the whole crew from Canada who is here today. Christy with the C, happy birthday. Thanks for spending it here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas Cat with a K. We got Melly Mel here. We got uh, Cher, the whole gang here. Really appreciate you guys. Look at Adrian all fancy right there. Oh. And, and Miss Fancy with the Jets. Yes. You look outstanding, <laughs> my dear. Outstanding. Look at that. You got the look. As Sheena Easton once said, you got the look. Hey, I don't know if that was Sheena Easton. 
Was it? She knew Easton and Prince. There you go. Uh, she's got the yeah. look. I yeah. thought it was like yeah. Roxanne or something. No, no, it, she needs that. You're, 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 you're not going to get that yeah. on me, Double B. Give me a break. Shitty Easton. All right. Doug Chuck back in the studio. Out. The G-Man, we appreciate him as always, Gilby. And, of course, Marco D'Angelo. Nothing but winners on fire next week. We're back. We'll have our entire crew giving their best bets for the Super Bowl and also best Super Bowl props as well, too. Double B, I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm not going to have to keep up with all these ladies from Canada all weekend long with with the eating and the drinking, the barbershop, everything else is going to be happening. Uh, kudos to you, my friend. It'll be, it'll be a fun. Stay weekend. hydrated, my friend. Uh, I brought some uh, Gatorade I've Zero been, powder. I partied with these women before. You did. Uh, you yes, did. Yes. yes, as we know. Hoops and hops. Yes. Doesn't matter. When they come to town, stay hydrated. That's an important thing. That's it. That's right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, and check it all out. Our, our interview with Showtime Sean Porter from yesterday is up on the website. Great stuff with Showtime Sean P. Have yourself a good one for Double B, Marco D'Angelo, and everybody else, the crew. We appreciate you for joining us. Back at it again Monday at 2 o'clock. And back here at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Next Friday, TC Mancho saying, see ya. Have yourself a wonderful All-Star Birthday Weekend.